Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. you guys welcome to a new episode of dunzo i never know what number to call it because i never know when i'm gonna air it anymore so i'm just like welcome to this little episode um you guys i am joined today by brandon alvarado who you guys love and who i love very much and brand first of all brandon how are you you know I, i'm thinking of that lisa vanderpump like scene where she's talking to eileen and she's like with that like shocking ponytail and she's like you know, it's been challenging. Like, with that yeah. whole monologue, the, the, the challenging monologue, that's how I feel right now. You're, like, petting a rescued dog from Yulin right now. Yeah, and she looked like she was wearing the dog red in her head. Do you remember <laughs> that? That was, like, yeah. that weird moment. I'm sorry, I'll ask you how you are to set, but she had that weird, like, half pony that, like, Tinsley loves to wear. You mean, like, the, like a fall? Like, when you, like, a very blatant, like, just tuft of hair stuck inside a fake ponytail? Well, that, but also, like, it's when you, like, it's literally that, like, half pony situation, almost like where you have a bump it a little bit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you know what I'm yes, saying? yes. It, I, I might be wrong. It may not be a, considered a half pony, but it's, like, it's, like, almost like a bump it situation. And Tinsley loves, she literally has it in her interview, like, that, like, weird, like, up, like, a little bit up, and then most of it's down. I feel like I have to ask you, I, I'm, I, the other day I was thinking about, like, when it will be appropriate, because you want to know how people's quarantine is going. But it also feels like a trope now to be like, how's your quarantine? I haven't bathed. I'm eating a lot. Like, we're all just saying the same. Like, we're all starting our conversations the same now, which is weird. That's true. But it's like you genuinely want to know. Like, I want to know the progression of your quarantine. Like, how is it now? How How are you feeling? Okay, so I'm feeling okay. I'm forcing, I forced myself to go on a walk a little bit before this podcast because my whole thing was like, I'm going to start walking outside. But that's not, I've really not been doing that. And I hear people say that they're going on like five mile walks, you know, mm-hmm. bike rides. I've not done any of that. I've not walked more than two miles in God knows how long, like genuinely. And I feel weird about it. But at the same time, time is going by so fast to me that like, it doesn't even feel like weeks are passing by anymore. Yeah. So yeah. So, it, but we're doing okay. I gave myself a haircut, but I really, shave, I did, but I didn't shave. Luckily I did not shave. Um, I wasn't like crazy and like completely shaved my head. I just wanted my sides and the back of my head trimmed. So I had my parents do it and help me out. I have a lot of, I have very thick hair um, and it grows back very fast. And I'll just tell you and everybody else, and everyone's going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Or they're going to be like, this is classic gay guy. I get my hair cut religiously every two weeks. And people think that's funny or that like it's ridiculous. It's genuinely because my hair grows back that fast. Because I I shave my I shave my hair down to a one, like on the sides. So if I want to keep it that way, religiously yeah. every two weeks I get a haircut. It's been six or seven weeks since I got a haircut. Oof. So I waited, I got the clippers, and I did it myself, and it looks okay. Yeah, do you look like you're going into the army, or is it okay? No, because I didn't shave, oh, I, you know, I buried the lead. I did not shave it down to a one. I, like, mm, I, okay. I, pur- I purposely kept it to about a three because I was like, okay, if it looks bad, like, you know, it's fine. Like, it won't be, like, completely shaved down because I can't do, like, a fade or anything like that. And to be honest, I, 
as much time as we have in this quarantine, I'm not going on YouTube and learning how to cut my own hair. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Like, I, I, let me just shave my head, like, whatever. So I just didn't, I just shaved the sides and the back to like a three. So there's still hair on there. And it looks, oh, I gotta say, much better. Much better than it did yesterday. I completely feel everything you're saying. I used to religiously actually get my hair cut every week. Uh, every weekend I would get my hair cut because uh, yeah, girls, it's my hair is like, like put seven people's heads together and it's the amount of hair that grows on like one side of my head. It's literally yeah. insane. And it's like unruly and like so thick. And I just like hate having hair. Like I hate having like unruly hair. You know what I mean? Because it's so are, like, thick. Literally screaming, screaming into their phones right now because people, and I hear this every time. Like every time you, we complain about our hair, they're like, what the fuck is wrong? I know. I hate having lustre, like beautiful, long, thick hair. It's so annoying. But no, it's like unmanageable. And like, I don't know, just I hate sleeping when my hair is unruly. So after going to get my haircut every week religiously for my whole life, I like taught myself a few years ago how to cut my own hair from home just in right. case, you know, not like to do it every week, but just in case. And now it's really come in handy where I'm like, you know, dusting off the old clippers and uh, cutting my hair, which I actually did last night. And I was like, I could fuck this up, but at the same time, it'll be complete. I'm like a chia pet. It'll literally be completely grown back in a day and who's gonna see it uh, that's true i was gonna say who knew you were doomsday prepping at the exact right time because <laughs> yeah like it worse comes to worse. i mean, my first thought was like if it's bad like no one's looking like it's i'm not going anywhere so it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. but yeah like i know for me the here's the thing about my hair that i'll complain about I'm, i don't mind doing it i'm gonna complain about it right now for a second the thing with my hair is it, yes it's thick we love that i'm never losing it I'm very grateful for that but my hair is so coarse as well that it like it, I only like sh- I condition my hair a couple times a week, but I only shampoo it like once a week because it get it like it gets so dry that it looks like I lit it on fire and like those are the remains on my head. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, like I feel like as much as I'm grateful to have hair, I, I wish I could say I wish it wasn't growing as fast during this quarantine yeah. as it is. I would give anything to just snap my fingers and, and have it stop growing like fuck Ugh. Um, at least for now how are you doing by the way how are you doing in quarantine i'm doing pretty good honestly like i i've worked from home before quarantine i was mm-hmm. already like a remote worker so like my work schedule has pretty much been the exact same uh to be honest with you it kind of feels like everybody else is imposing on my gig you know what i mean yeah <laughs> everybody's like working from home and using zoom i'm like that's my week yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, it's been fine. I mean, I've just I have like been trying to like go out and take like more frequent walks because it's just so easy. Like I already have I already have like a personality that can really easily lean towards being depressed. So okay. during a, a you know like a moment like this where it's like everybody is like leaning into being depressed a little bit kind of like passively where everybody's just like, eat whatever you want, watch as much TV as you want, sleep as much as you want. Like, don't change your clothes all week. You know, it's like, that's what's happening right now. And I can feel myself being like, no, you need to like, go outside at least once a day. Like once a day, you need to take like at least a 20 minute walk. So, you know. See, I haven't haven't been doing that. And that's what I feel really bad about is that I have not been doing that. I've been, I I walked today, which was nice, but like, I really have not been walking as much as I should. And everyone's like, oh, you need to be doing it. You need to be going outside. 
I'm not feeling depressed about it. Mm-hmm. I'm really not. But at the same time, when I do go outside, I'm like, okay, I really do need to be doing this. This is a little bit ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I will tell you, the one thing I'm happy about is that I haven't done that like fatal, like terrible work thing yet where like you're like on Zoom and then like also like, changing your clothes or like <laughs> yes. or something like I haven't done that like I'm grateful for yeah. that my work has not joined me in the bathroom or you know while I'm changing my clothes. Yeah. yes I learned a long time ago my job uses uh meeting software like every day so I learned a long time ago to uh to, to not do that yeah like it's just because it's really easy to like if you're on a meeting that takes two hours and you haven't spoken in an hour and a half like it's easy to forget that you're even being looked at <laughs> you know yes. um but yeah and it's also I was just telling Brandon before we started recording it's so weird like zoom is what I've always used to record the podcast and I always have these like zoom conversations with people and now it's so weird to see the world using the thing that I use to record podcast episodes uh-huh it's like Zoom feels like my own intimate little thing. Do you know what I mean by that? I do. I do. Yes. It's, yeah, I can imagine that it's weird now that everybody's using it because before the quarantine, I don't know anybody that was using Zoom for, no. you know, for fun. I know. It's like, it's weird. I, I was telling Brandon that I hope that they don't like, it scares me to think that they're going to like make all these changes to this website or like make it like cost a lot of money or whatever because they can. It'd be so easy for them to, start like taking advantage of people but I guess that would be really fucked up also at the same time that is true that really would be fucked up yeah I really hope they don't do that I know that they were having some weird like privacy issues or something mm-hmm. like that or like security issues that I think are being dealt with now but that was sort of like to me that was one of the first things I thought of when we went to quarantine I was like oh my god like the amount of like work now that has to be done over a video conference that like I can imagine would be you know confidential or private I, I'm sure there'd be security issues or like some this is going to sound bad, but like some hacking situations, oh, yeah. you know what I mean, right? I mean, I thought that was kind of inevitable. For sure. I mean, when I heard that, I was like, this is like actually hilarious in reference to me because whoever's hacking me has all these files of me talking about like Avril Lavigne <laughs> and Bethany Frankel and like, you know what I mean? And like Pamela Anderson. And they're like, what is wrong with this kid? Um, <laughs> but neither here nor there. Brandon, of course, is here to talk to me today what talk to me talk with me today about bravo um, wait before we talk about bravo gotta interrupt you only because i'm sorry that was like so crazy wait people are no, like, you're fine people are like jesus christ i have a response to the podcast you put out about quarantine celebrities which i listened mm. to the other day okay tell me everything alan so I like I agree with I so the thing about Ellen is that like obviously we've heard these rumors for so many years mm-hmm. but the one thing I did not think about and shame on me for not thinking about it was the weirdness of her marriage with Portia yeah. I didn't think about the fact I, I knew that Portia wasn't working I'm an Arrested Development fan I was not a fan of season five but I didn't really think about the fact that like she truly was like in a bunker and like not leaving the house unless Ellen was with her I, she just completely yeah. stopped working. I like how to, how how could that just go past my brain like that? Well, it goes past everybody's brain because she doesn't. It's like you don't see her. Like to see Portia out is like it's shocking. It's shocking. It's like whoa, there's Portia De Rossi. Like oh my god, you know what I mean? Because she only really leaves to go, you know, do stuff in their neighborhood. Really. Yes, and the only paparazzi photos I've ever seen of Portia 
at least recently, I'm pretty sure with we're with Ellen. Like I remember, like I would see photos of them going to like restaurants. Yeah, they're always together. Or you know, like I said, Portia will pop up on her show so that they can like, you know, talk to the audience as a couple once a year or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I that, actually, that's what I had to say about that. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say actually, I'm happy you brought that up because somebody messaged me, and I'll have to look it up, and I'll um I'll shout out her Instagram before uh before we stop recording, but somebody messaged me and reminded me that Ellen did have another relationship in between Portia and Anne. Yeah, with um, the photographer. With that photographer, yeah, completely forgot about. And I was like, oh my God, Alex something. Yeah, yeah, who I think now is married to Jodie Foster. Yes. So I was like, okay, oh, yeah. I should probably mention that. But I think I am going to end up just doing a full-on Ellen episode because... I just, there's so much to talk about. Like, and I haven't done Ellen and Portia. I only did Ellen and Anne. And there's just so much to, I'm obsessed with, I used to literally be obsessed with Portia. Oh, I I love Portia. I know I loved Portia. I really, I really, really loved her. Um, I like, first of all, your, yeah, your episode with Ellen and Anne Hayes continues to be so fascinating because I think for me, like that like fateful day with Anne Hayes and that, and those strangers and the whole alien stuff, I I could read many, 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 many articles and books and scholarly, like I could do a whole, I I just, I'm so fascinated by that situation and Anne Hayes in general. But yeah, I did not think about, I, what I didn't connect was, you know, Ellen's, Ellen's relationship with Anne during that time and then, and, then, and then getting into a relationship with Portia like in the midst of her, you know, terrible eating disorder. Yeah, like even though she did have a relationship in between, it, it's still weird that she like jumped from Anne to Portia. Even though there was a, a person in between, it's still weird to be like, do you just like broken birds? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what is that? I mean, these are two women who were not just, like, suffering from some mental health issues. You know what no. I mean? Like, Anne was, like, a harm to herself and others. Like, very much so. And Portia was, like, on the brink, the literal brink of death. It's just weird to me. Yeah. Oh, and now I'm remembering, by the way, that Anne, the, wasn't, like, her alter ego, like, Celestia or something? <laughs> yeah, yes. Sorry. <laughs> it's just, I was, like, it's, like, all coming back to me now. I'm, like, um but i am like really 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 excited to talk to you about what's happening this is like bravo is having a moment right now there's just so much to talk about in reference to bravo right now so much i i just recently sent you the other day the article about potomac being pushed back until Mm -hmm. quote later this summer which i assume this summer probably means for them like august because i which really bums me out but at the same time like you know i looking at what we have now we just started new york we just started beverly hills they want to get through those seasons i know new york's usually a little bit shorter than beverly hills um in terms of seasons but are the episode count and now with atlanta they just shot their uh apparently like a 12 i was at 12 hours something like that like a 12 hour like virtual reunion on zoom that's going to be split up and of course andy cohen's like these women are trailblazers and this is going to be a three-part reunion so I, I'm not going to lie to you, Troy, the idea of having three parts of three more episodes of Atlanta makes me want to stab my eyes out. I know. You? It makes me want to stab my both. eyes out. But I, I will say, from what the women have been saying about how they're going to show up to the reunion and, like, like Kenya is, like, claiming that she's going to come to the reunion with all these crazy receipts that yeah. exposes Nini 
and the whole cast is in on it. Like, it feels like this big bamboozle is happening. And from what I gather, it feels like Kenya, like, has some sort of proof, probably a text screenshot. <laughs> from, probably. From, you know what I mean? Just like, uh, if I know my housewives, it's probably a screenshot of a text message. Um, yeah. And it's supposedly about, like, Nini and Portia having this, like, fake uh, reconciliation that's, like, self-serving for the show, which, like, duh. I mean, like, if that's your, like, duh. big reveal, like, girl, come on. Yeah, that's 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 very much, like, of course that would happen. I think with Atlanta, and just, you know, for everyone who's listening, they're like, oh, my God, you don't like Atlanta. I love Atlanta. I love The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I thought that this season was okay and, and then ended. I think we really dragged the end of the season. I, I don't know why they felt the need to give us, like, two episodes between Greece and the finale. That didn't make any sense to me. I think my my usual issue with Atlanta, and it's been this issue for a couple of years, is um, one that the episode count is too much. It's too many episodes. I, as much as I love Atlanta, it's too many. There's no reason why we need to have 22 episodes before the reunion. No yeah. reason. Like there's sure. no I, there's no reason for it. Um, I think the cast is a bit of a hot mess at the moment. It is. Um, I think that as much as I, you know. I, as much as I enjoy having a lot of women in the mix, I think that they've always had an issue with figuring out who should be a friend of, who should be in the main cast. Mm -hmm. There was no reason why Eva Marcel Sterling should have been on the main cast this year versus Marlo. There's no reason for it. Um, there, I, I, I forgot that Eva was even part of the cast for a while. I, I know. I, it was, it's ridiculous. Eva was not part of the main cast, Marlo was. And I'm, I'm not usually too, like, in the, like, I don't, I'm not usually someone who, like, um, is like, oh my God, like we need more Marlo scenes. Like, I don't mind that she's a friend of. I think Marlo actually serves best as a friend of for the most part. Like as much as I think she should have a peach because she's been on the show for a long time and brings a lot to the show. I don't mind that we don't see Marlo's like personal life. Like I don't, I don't need to see her um, everyday life at her house. I don't need it. Yeah. I think with Eva, the reason why I'm even comparing the two is because Eva, they're forcing us to literally go to her house and sit with her and her kids and her husband and watch her sit on the couch and do nothing. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see that. Yeah, I get that. It's hard with Eva because it's like she's so entertaining and she's so funny and she's so great on TV. But it's like, girl, you have been pregnant since you joined the cast. Which, like, when you know she's good, she's great. When Eva the Diva is there, she's great. That's the thing with Eva. She is very, she's a strong cast member when she actually participates. Yeah, and it's like, get pregnant. Like, I'm not, you know, it's like, have an amazing family and do all the things. But it's like, is it the right time for you to be a housewife when you can't go anywhere or do anything? You can't go on the cast trips. You can barely show up to anything without having to go to the fucking emergency room because you're nine months pregnant, <laughs> filming a fucking reality show. Like, it's just, it, it's like illogical more than anything. Yes, and I think with, and I will say too, in terms of just like the general like airing of the episodes, the Pride Parade from the early this season felt like years ago. Like, it really, like- the, Oh, I know. I could, Atlanta is also very notorious because it airs on a Sunday night to skip weeks before airing new episodes for various events, whether it's the Oscars, whether it's because of, in this case, because of quarantine and they needed to, and I remember Andy said that they didn't even like edit the finale yet. And it was, it was only a few weeks ago that, and they had to end up, they ended up having to skip a week because they just weren't ready to air the episodes. Um, we at one point earlier this year, I think January, they skipped like three weeks. Remember that where they like they were like next. Oh yeah, was Atlanta, and then we found out that they were going to be like off for most of January for literally no reason. Yeah, that was weird. 
Yeah, it does feel very disjointed because it's just been on for so long. And like the stuff that they were like fighting about, you know, nine months ago or whatever, when the show premiered is like, it's like, it's like weird to even think about now. Like, it's crazy that Nini and Cynthia had a reconciliation this season on The Real Housewives. I know. It feels like it was two years ago. I just think that, I also think it has a big Nini problem. The show is a big Nini problem. Nini Nini is the problem. I've been saying it for years. You know that. No, I know, and I agree with you. Nini is this, it's a very big Nini problem. She should not be on the show anymore. She just shouldn't. Like, and I feel like, and, and I think this actually leads uh, into like what we're going to talk about eventually with Beverly Hills in New York, where it's like, I feel like the moment, especially with Beverly Hills, the moment that, that sort of like, you know, ex, like the one person who was sort of head bitch in charge, who's now sort of excommunicated, but still on this cast. Yeah, I feel like with Beverly Hills, Lisa Vanderpump gone, everyone can breathe again. Like I can breathe again yep. as a viewer, and I feel like the show so Atlanta so desperately needs for Nini just to be gone. Like I, I just feel like everyone can breathe again the moment that she can leave, that she leaves. She has to go. Like I hate being that person who's like, like this person needs to go, that person needs to go, this person needs to go. Like I hate that, but also at the same time, it's like Lanifia Leakes needs to go. Like she has to leave this cast. Like. It's just like carrying dead weight around. Like none of them want to film with her. She doesn't have the same, you know, like there was that short period of time where like Ryan Murphy was like smitten with her and she had yeah. a lot of power and it felt like the network, like Bravo was like um, rewarding her for how accomplished she had become. It's like, well, Nini, if you're going to be on a fucking NBC, like primetime you know, television show that airs at like 8 p.m. on Thursday night or whatever, then sure, we'll give you a million dollars per season, of course. But it's like, that was years ago. And like, I, I just don't understand what Nini contributes to this show. Like, the fact that she had, I thought it was so telling that this season, Nini had to one by one sit down with each person and basically convince them to film with her. Oh my God. Yeah. In Canada, or as we call Canada, like they had to, they, because of Tanya Sam, of course, we all, by the way, Tanya should be a housewife. I'm just uh, for sure. Tanya. I love Tan. I love Tanya. I loved the Canada slash Canada trip. Love Tanya. But um, yeah, I thought it was, it was very telling to see Mimi having to sit down one by one, trying to get people to film with her. The funny thing is about that season of Atlanta where Brian Murphy was so in love with her. It was season five. It was Kenya and Portia's first season. And it was a season that should not have worked for Nini. Like Nini, and it did. Like that was a weird thing because Nini that year was commuting. Or she was like kind of living in LA for the most part and kind of being in Atlanta to film. They had, she had all the girls fight at Los Angeles for a cast trip, which worked because at that point they all liked her. Yep. So they all had a reason to be there. That was like that great scene where they all show up five hours late to Nini's house for dinner. Yeah. And she was like, oh, nope, don't come inside. <laughs> Which was great. I mean, I, I, I thought Nini, it worked well that season. And honestly, it shouldn't have. Like Nini was barely in Atlanta. It should not have worked. But it, to me, it worked totally fine. And yeah, like it, that was, and it feels like 500 years ago because Nini was in such a different place with the women at that point. Yeah. But yeah, like it was, it's very telling that she had to like beg people to film with her. And at this point has only gotten like, she's only good with like Cynthia. I mean, she's good with most of the cast at this point, but I assume by the reunion, she's not. Like I, I assume by the reunion, she's good with like Portia, who's on the main cast. And that's kind of it. Like, and maybe like, she's like not fighting with Cynthia. But like, other than that, like her two buddies are Tanya and Marlo, who are friends of. That doesn't cut it. 
Yeah, and like she's so delusional that she's convinced herself that everybody wants to fight with her because they want to fight with the queen. Like nobody views you that way anymore. You know what yeah, I mean? No like for the queen anymore. Nobody thinks of you as the leader of this show. You're you weren't even you weren't even on the first three episodes. Like nobody sees you that way. And like people can say what they want about Kenya. She's a monster person. But like the thing that I love about Kenya is that she doesn't back down to Nini. Like she doesn't do the thing where Nini gives you some like disingenuous apology and then, you know, a day later she's like telling you that your kid is a bastard or whatever. You know what I mean? Like Kenya right. like Nini doesn't... by the way is the queen of Nini, by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt you, is the queen of I'm sorry if you're offended. Like that yeah. like, sort of phrasing. I'm sorry if you're offended, Eva. Like the reason that she and Cynthia are getting along right now is because she manipulated Cynthia to apologize to her. Nini barely apologized or took any sort of responsibility for anything she did to her. And now they're just, you know, they have that weird fake friendship like they've always had where it completely serves Nini. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just am so, I'm so done with Nini. And I know I've been saying that for so long, but I'm just so like, oh, I'm just sick of it. And I feel, and the reason why I'm frustrated is because I feel like Bravo is desperately trying to not let her go. And I don't understand it. I think, and I think Atlanta, it's such a strong cast. And I just feel like yeah. Nini is bringing down the show so badly. So I, to the point where I, I barely want to watch Atlanta anymore, to be honest. These past few weeks have been so like miserable. I'm like, oh my God. But like, like that scene with Nini and Greg in the bedroom, like I, I I, I'm bored. I don't want to see, like, I'm, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to see Nini anymore. I just don't. And I think, I think, do I think she'll leave next season? No. But do I think that there's a place for her on the show anymore? No. And I think they're going to force, I think they're going to give us another year where they're forcing us to watch Nini not film with these women. And I, I don't even know what the storyline would be anymore. Watching so her try you, and reconcile with them again? I don't want to see that again. If I could like step foot in a time machine and go back in time, I would find a way to get to Atlanta and whisper in, uh, in Phaedra's ear, don't do it. Please, it's not worth it. This show needs you. I know. This show I needs know. you so bad. Like, you don't understand how bad this show is going to become without you. And, like, how dependent everybody actually is on you to make them laugh. Like, it's actually... I would seriously pay her salary. <laughs> I would pay her salary at this point. I want her back so bad. Me too. And the thing is, like, I think with Atlanta, we need Nini gone. I, we need Cynthia gone. Go to LA, leave. And like, I, I don't know if she will leave. I did read, did you read that Love B. Scott article about how the Atlanta reunion went? No, I don't think so. No, okay, I didn't. so I'll send it to you. But from what I read, Nini, literally, Nini and Kenya, of course, go at it to the point where apparently Nini literally walks away from the computer. And like, <laughs> and, and I, I, I don't think if, I, if I'm thinking, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was to the point where Nini like did not finish the reunion at the end. She, like oh she walked, like, she walked oh. off and did not finish the reunion. Like well, it was towards the end. Yet, so. I know. So apparently she didn't, like uh, from what I understand, she didn't wrap up the show. They just did it without her at the end. They, Yovana's on the reunion as a guest where apparently she and Nini, they don't even follow each other on Instagram anymore because they start fighting during the reunion. I think Yovana tries to like kind of expose Nini for, you know, the whole snake gate stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Marlo's on the reunion, but apparently her like connection was bad. So uh, it wasn't, I think apparently her appearance wasn't great on the oh show. Oh my God, what a yep. mess. Apparently Eva the Diva does bring it and I think is trying to secure her spot for next season. She and Nini go at it. And I heard that Cynthia was sort of a dud, and apparently Cynthia is the one who might be really on the chopping block. 
I mean, Cynthia really put in a, a, a Harvard effort this year with her, with Mike Hill, but girl, nobody really cares that much about you and Mike Hill. I am like so done, like listening to her talk about Mike Hill, Mike Hill child. I don't care. Mike Hill. And we're chill. I know. I and people and some people were like, "Oh, she should just do Beverly Hills." I'm like, "No, keep her away from Beverly Hills because I can't. I can't have Cynthia on this cast. The the Beverly Hills cast, they cannot handle. They can handle Cynthia for perfectly fine, but the, it would be so boring. Like it would be so boring. What would be the point? I'm fine with Cynthia making a guest appearance, but I do not need Cynthia on the main cast. Like if we want to do a crossover, we are not doing Cynthia Bailey and Beverly Hills. Oh, literally, no, literally nothing would happen. We'd watch paint dry and watch everyone get along. And we're I don't even know where the fuck Cynthia lives, by the way, in, in LA. Where her cause remember like that weird scene where like we're seeing Mike Hill's house, it looked like it was like oh, yeah. in the middle. It looked like it was like in Temecula, California. Oh my god, yeah, I couldn't fathom anything more boring than Cynthia just like telling Erica Jane how fierce she is, child. Yeah, like it's not, I don't need need that. I don't need it. I heard, I think she's friends with Garcelle, so she can film a guest thing with Garcelle. I'm fine with that. Do you want to talk about Beverly Hills? I would love to. Okay, what do you think about the season so far? I'm loving it. I think it's really, first of all, I love Garcelle. I think yeah. she's such, such a great addition. I, I, yeah. I loved her. I, I love her, love her, love her. I thought she was so great. Um, I think she's so great so far. I think the season, I think episode one was moving fast. I liked yep. it a lot. It was, it was very clear that they were filming for like a month and they just cut the footage. Because um, the thing with Beverly Hills is that like they were, I think, supposed to stop filming in December. But then the Denise stuff came out with Brandy. So they end up, exp- I think they ended up extending the shoot. Because remember they were like visiting Erica like in New York and that was like this year. Like they were filming for a long time. So I think what happened was they literally cut like the first month of footage and then just like set the opening episode in for the fashion show. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. That's what I think happened. And they, and they showed like little flashbacks like two weeks ago where it's like the girls like hanging out in the kitchen of someone's house. Um, but yeah, like I loved how fast it's moving. It's moving in a very fast pace, much faster than Beverly Hills normally moves, and I think it works much better. Um, I I feel like there's such fresh energy. It feels like, like I said before, it feels like everybody can breathe now that Vanderpump is gone. I don't miss her at all. I like her on Vanderpump Rules. I do not miss her on this show. Yeah, I think that the first episode of Beverly Hills is like probably the best thing they've put out in like three years. A long time. Yeah, it's it like it was riveting. Really- it was it literally was riveting. like riveting. Like I was at the end of, I was gripped at that episode. I was like, holy shit. I can't believe I care this much about Beverly Hills. Like what is happening? But it was amazing. That ending with Denise, by the way, Denise is one of my favorite housewives. Let's just put that out there. I think Denise Richards is one of my favorite housewives. I love yeah. her. The end, I watched no less than 15 times. It was so gripping. It was shocking in a way that I was kind of I was I mean the whole thing has played out in the press so much that I it's hard to I think shock people with this but it still was shocking um I think Kyle and Rena came off as monsters which I think was very fascinating I th- I wasn't really sure if Denise was going to be the villain or if she's going to be the hero and with that ending where she like sits in that chair and like is talking to the producer and does that like you know iconic smirk I'm like yeah. I think she might be the hero I really think she might be the hero of this whole story I mean, I was going to tell you that I think either there's a producer listening to this show (laughs) or uh, I don't know what's going on, but they have broken the fourth wall in the exact way that we 
have been begging them to for like probably two years. Oh my God, it's, it, it works so well. And you know who's a real trailblazer with this is Potomac, who has been breaking the yep. fourth wall since season two. I'm sorry, I dropped my phone for a sec. That's all right. Um, I was saying, I, I was saying before, yeah, I, Potomac has been such a trailblazer that, um, and they've been doing this since season one or two, and it, it's, it's worked so well. I mean, you and I have been begging for the housewives, especially something like Beverly Hills, to, to just break the fourth wall already and just get it over with. Yeah, it's like, it's, it was amazing. Like, I've never, I have not been so enthralled in Beverly Hills. Like, I was literally, like, not blinking. I, yeah, I think I rewound the ending, like, three or four times at least. I was like, whoa. I can't I believe I'm seeing this. Everything. Yeah. I have to soak in everything. I think, you know what it is? When, by the way, as much as people might love Rena, I thought she came, I, I was like, that's your fucking friend. That's your friend. I was like, yeah. oh my God. Like, she, I, to watch her like do that thing where she runs out and she goes, Denise, you're leaving. Why? When she knows exactly why. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and Denise, and Denise be, uh, not Denise, when Rena was like, you think it's easy to talk about my daughter's eating disorder on camera? It's not. And I'm like, okay. Like, this is not, like, Rena had the power to, she, she told her own story. She told her daughter's story. She controlled how that was going to come out on the show. Denise did not control how this Brandy rumor came out on the show. Like, like, I I think Denise is not controlling the story here. It's unfortunately, and Beverly Hills has a way of just, just, whether you're team Vanderpump or not, they have a way of kind of going at one person as a cast. Oh, yeah. They did it with Vanderpump. They wolfed it with Denise. They wolf pack. That's the way the Beverly Hills girls operate. They usually do it that way. They did it with Brandy. They did it. And by the way, sometimes with fair reason, for, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that it's inherently terrible that they're doing that, but I'm saying that's the way this cast operates. It's usually like, we're all friends and you're the outsider. So Brandy was that. Vanderpump was that. Um, Camille's been that way. Like, now it's now it looks like it's Denise. Um, and I actually read for, uh, that Teddy, we'll talk about her, but Teddy in an interview just recently said that most of the stuff that we saw with Denise being like, fuck off, like, bravo, bravo, fucking bravo, and, like, I'm not talking about this, is actually before the, the Brandy rumor comes out. Mm, okay. So they're like, yeah, we've had it. Basically, she was like, we've had a few issues with Denise. I mean, it's just, it, something about it just feels so, there's something about it that I won't understand until I see the whole season, basically. Because even after, like, reading about it for as long as it's been out, and you know, hearing the women talk about it, like, they've been talking about it nonstop in, like, the the press cycle for the season. You know, I've obviously, I did, a, I did like, a three-part episode on Denise, basically. Like, it was supposed to be about Charlie, but it was passively about Denise. And... I loved it. <laughs> thank you. Um, and, like, I love Denise Richards, and I, the thing that I've always loved about her is how, sort of, like, the other day I was talking about her with Russ Martin, and I was saying that I think she is interesting because she's never really cared about being super famous it feels like like Denise was always like really comfortable just being like the hot girl who is cast and stuff and she's never to me never like really strike me as a person who was obsessive about her beauty like she doesn't give a shit about anything really so I find it so odd that this is such a big deal for her it's interesting to see the way she's responding to it. I'll say that. Um, 
I'm very curious to know what the issues are that causes her to say bravo, bravo, fucking bravo, if it has not to do with the Brandy stuff. I did read for, even before, I will say, even before the, uh, the Brandy stuff came out, I remember reading last year, end of last year, like, rumors that they were, ha- they were already having problems with her because she was sort of filming her on the other show, like, getting in the Restless, she was doing other projects, and they felt like she was sort of half in with Beverly Hills. Um, I think that Rinna particularly is someone who probably is very resentful of Denise because I think Denise is one of the very, is maybe the only housewife that came on as an actress that actually got work as an actress by doing the show and mm-hmm. kind of revitalized that career. Like, and I, I really do feel that Rinna is like very resentful of that, that like Denise is like getting that sort of, and maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel. I feel like, I feel like Rinna is very resentful of the fact that Denise has that sort of success because of the show, even though to be honest, Rinna, Denise has always been more famous than Lisa Rinna. Denise is way more, Denise is more famous than Lisa Rinna. Um, and even before Rinna did Beverly Hills, I, I, I mean, I knew Rinna as like a soap actress a little bit, but like at, this, at that point, we sort of knew her as a talk show, kind of like a personality. So, and Denise, we knew, I knew from the reality show, but I really knew, I mean, when I think of Denise, I don't think of like the It's Complicated show. I think of like Wild Things and her as like a model and actress. With Rinna, I think of like her personality. Like it's it just was that way before the show. So I sort of felt that with both of them on this show, I felt like they sort of were going into the paths that I expected them to. That Rinna was going to go just like kind of go further into the like the television personality route, and that Denise would like kind of go into like um sort of, like a soap actress sort of like doing work here and there kind of move. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess that that's where the disconnect is for me because, like, okay, so in my mind, like, I feel like Denise, okay, <laughs> hear me out. I feel like Lisa Renna came into being a real housewife as a reality star. Like, she is a soap star and stuff, but like, she came into it ready to fucking rumble like yep. a reality star would. Like, she came in ready to get as down and dirty as she needed to. Whoever she needed to, like, grab by the fucking hair and fight in a pool, she was, like, ready to do that. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, Denise came into the show, in my opinion, more like an actress who's doing a reality television show. And it's odd to me because Denise is a tabloid star. Like, she is an actress, and she is somebody who's, like, known more specifically for, like, movie roles. But she's done reality TV, and she's a tabloid star. Like, yeah, she's, she's a tabloid poster, big time. Yeah, like she's a People Magazine, Us Weekly, Star Magazine girl, and Lisa kind of isn't. So it's just like I almost felt like the roles would be reversed. I almost felt like Lisa would be the one to come into the show and be like, "I'm an actress on a show." You know what I mean? Whereas, like, Denise, do you know what I'm trying to say? Whereas Denise would be the I one do. that I would picture to be a little bit more down and dirty, but it's opposite. No, you're right. Okay, I'm looking at this from a new perspective now, because you're right. I, I feel like I'm saying, like, oh, Denise is an actress. No, Denise really is, like, especially in the, you know, early aughts and mid-aughts, like, just, like, to now, it's it's not like we're always thinking wild things. We're thinking Charlie Sheen. We're thinking the tabloids. And she yeah, played that. I remember last year. I remember last year, Heather Locklear, God bless. I remember last year, I remember last year, her tagline was like, was playing off that saying like, oh my, like, you know, what I don't like about the, ta- what was that? Like, oh, you know what I hate about the tabloids? Like my life is so much juicier. I was mm-hmm. like, that's Denise. Like, I think I, I will say Denise on the show since last year has been a complete shock in a good way. Like I was yeah. way more, way more down to earth than I ever expected her to be. 
very funny. A little bit like I, it's we. I, I didn't. Really, I didn't even know Denise had like an accent. Like I didn't even know that she had that like Midwestern twang to her. Didn't know it. Oh yeah. Um, I did not know that. Um, and I see. I remember I. I'd seen a couple episodes of It's Complicated, and it's. I feel like her personality on that is similar to Beverly Hills, but on Beverly Hills she's a little more raw. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I just. I didn't expect her to be the most down to earth, and I. I feel like as much as the cast, I think Teddy tried to say in the interview that she, where she mentioned that most of the drama with Denise happens before the Brandy stuff. I think she was trying to say something to the effect of like, Denise saw what people liked about her. So she leaned into it more this year in a way that I think Mm -hmm. maybe the cast felt was not authentic. Um, I know we're only in episode two. That's all we've seen so far. So maybe we'll see a hint of that. I know that next, the promo for the episode three shows like Aaron saying something like, oh, they follow us. Like people follow me and people, and everyone's like, who follows you? And Denise looks like she like is having none of it. So I don't really know. Maybe we'll see that side and we'll maybe have a better understanding of what the cast is talking about. But I, I've never like, I will say this and maybe because I love her, but I don't, I don't pick up on this like inauthentic Denise that we're seeing here. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like she's pretty authentic. Yeah. I don't pick up on that either. I feel like she's pretty like, she's just unapologetic about who she is. Like she, to me, if Denise was inauthentic, she would be trying to come off as like this fabulous over the top chic movie star. Like she literally shows up to dinner in like old Navy cork wedges she doesn't care. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, in a good way. Like, she just doesn't care. Like, she's No, never... Denise is literally wearing... Do you see that, like, weird, like, title card? I laughed so hard. She looks so gorgeous, but she was wearing something that nobody could pull off anymore except for her. When they do that title card where it says, like, Denise, when they open the... Oh, yeah, she's yes. Wearing, she's wearing that, like, one shoulder. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Like, mid, like, mid-2000s look that only she could pull off, but it was the most Denise thing I've ever seen in my life. That, that outfit. Like, in my spirit, Denise was always just a girl who was like, I guess I'm hot, and I'll see how far I get by being hot. And if it means I'm in movies, that's cool. And if I model, that's chill. And if you want me to be in a music video or whatever, I'm down for that. Like, I don't really give a shit about anything. I don't take myself seriously as an actor. I'm not, you know, like, I'm not Meryl Streep, and I'm just hot, and I'm chill, and, like, I don't think that she's ever been super possessed by, like, Hollywood. I just think she is just, like, a really chill, down-to-earth woman, but again, that's why it's so confusing. Like, I, it's, like, this is a woman who I've literally listened to on Howard Stern talk about how many times a day she orgasms, and how she, like, has to have sex all day, and she's so open about it. She fucking married Charlie Sheen, like, you know what I mean? This is a woman who has put it all out there. So for the biggest scandal... She's so open. Like, yeah, for the biggest scandal to be that she had sex with Brandy, I'm like, I'm going to need a lot more context to understand. I think the rumor is that, based, based on what I heard, or read, I should say, I heard that Denise and Brandy, the truth, I'm putting that quote, true, I don't know what the truth is, but apparently the rumor is that they, like, hooked up one time and that story has now been like kind of changed into somehow they had a whole full on affair. Mm-hmm. And and Brandy certainly seems to be running with the story that they're having a full on affair. I don't, I mean, or that they had a full on affair for a while that Aaron didn't know about. Um, and that Denise was lying, saying her marriage was open when it wasn't. I'm a little confused by, I'm confused by Denise's reaction as well, just because I, I feel like Denise. 
I think if it was true, she would just own it, actually. Like, I really feel like Denise, I don't know. I, I can't tell if this is her reaction because it's true and she doesn't want to, like, talk about it or if it's really not true and she's frustrated because it's not true. And I hope I don't sound naive. I'm trying to, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that didn't, ha- I'm not trying to say that I just wholeheartedly believe Denise, but I certainly want to because she's been, I thought, pretty honest about her sex life and pretty honest about her experience on the show. I don't, I don't know if she's ever talked about ever hooking up with women. So if she never has, and I feel, I feel bad that she's been outed like that, if this is true. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to feel about it. I really don't because to me, I, I really feel like I want to believe Denise because I believe that Denise would be open about it. I'm placing my money on a, f- a few things. A, I don't think that her and her husband were um, completely clear in what they would and wouldn't talk about on this show. I don't think that they like sat down and had like a conversation before filming about like what they would be open about as far as like what they do in their sex life. I think that, sure. that was like pretty apparent the first season when he was like completely thrown off by them knowing that he had a big dick uh, and that he's had a happy ending. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Yeah, I, I, and she admitted that he wasn't happy about that. Being with yeah. I don't think that he planned on her being so open. Um, and also, I just think, I think that Denise probably wasn't honest with him about like, like I think that this is like a weird thing in their marriage that they just needed to have a conversation about that's now being, it's becoming a storyline on a show. And like, it's gonna be crystallized. And like, that's probably what's more scary for her. That this thing I- that- he probably would have been like, oh, you had sex with Brandy? Like, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, they probably would have talked about over a, a glass of tequila uh, is now like a big giant thing. And they're just trying to get ahead of it, basically. I will say too that like, I think it's really, sorry, I'm chewing on a mint. I think it's really rich that Teddy is talking about like people like putting, like leaning into what's popular about you. Every housewife does that. Lisa yeah. Rinna literally said for multiple years, including I'm pretty sure this year, that she plays, quote, a character on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That yeah. she plays a character version of herself, which, by the way, I don't know why she says that publicly. I think it's really weird. I think it's because she gets hate and she wants to, like, kind of be like, oh, it's a character. It's not really me. Which right. I don't like. And I, and I can't imagine Bravo loves her saying that because it sounds really, of course, like, n- not authentic. Right. Um, I think Teddy's tried to lean into the whole accountability of it all. I think Kyle's tried to lean into the idea of being a family woman and being like, oh, I'm the normal one. I think Dorit's tried to lean into the whole, like, I'm fabulous um, with secrets. I think right. that Erica certainly leaned into her persona of being Erica Jane. Mm-hmm. I, I think to talk about, like, the housewives leaning into what was most popular about themselves and what people like about them the most is pretty common. And I don't think it's something that only Denise has ever done. Yeah, I think it's super common. I think all of... I, I don't even think just housewives do that. I think people in general do that on reality shows that are long running. You know what I mean? Like once you create like a character and like an in quotes brand, then it becomes kind of like who you are. You know, it's like your reality TV identity, you know? Totally, totally. By the way, Denise tweeted. So an account called Gent News. That's interesting. Um, Kyle must uh, must have been on the Jenny McCarthy show. And apparently she talks about quote, taking issue with Denise Richards running away. And Denise responds on her Twitter, I didn't run from anything. I didn't give them the answers they wanted. I felt like I was on trial at many dinners, onward and upward, agree to disagree, but don't keep coming at one person every group situation. 
I mean, I get that. Like, I get, like, you know, it's, like, really hard to be in the firing squad, especially when you know that the women, you're, sco- you're going to a dinner that the women have pre-planned and talked about how they're going to make you look bad. I mean, that's, like, you know, but it's also the show. And the other thing that I always want to, like, always runs through my head with Denise is that she's a fan of this show. Like, she has been watching it for, I mean, if you go back and look at clips of Denise Richards on Watch What Happens Live, she was yeah. on, like, the first season of Watch What Happens Live. She was, like, Andy was begging her to become a housewife 10 years ago. And she has always been really open about the fact that she loves housewives. So she knows how this works. And she was on Rinna's first season as a guest at her house. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Season five, she showed yeah. up to Rinna's house for that weird jewelry party. Yeah. <laughs> at least, and Vanderpump confronts her. I was like, oh, you met a Charlie Sheen. Like, whatever. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's just, that was, it's... I was not trying to do an accent, by the way. That came off really, like, not great. I was not trying to do a British accent. I was trying to do a weird, like, American version of Vanderpump. Sorry. <laughs> Lisa's, like, contacting her lawyers right now. She's like, what the fuck was that? Um, do you have anything else you want to say about Beverly Hills before we talk about New York? Yes, I do. I, what I want to say is, well, first of all, what do you think of Garcelle? Oh, oh my God, though. I am obsessed with her. Like, I just, I love her energy. I'd like, it's such a comforting thing when you find out that a housewife gives good talking heads, where you're like, oh, thank God. Like, thank God. She's funny, and she's, like, quick, and she's, uh, she's, like, in on the joke. Like, she, she gives you everything that you, like, hope she'll give you. You know what I love, too, and I feel like Denise had a similar energy, I doesn't feel like Garcelle feels the need to prove anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Like Dorit was someone who was so desperate to prove everything to everybody. Mm-hmm. Teddy was Teddy was pretty desperate to like prove her like prove shit to people. Like I feel like Garcelle and Denise genuinely felt like feel no need to prove anything to anybody because they're famous already. Like people know who they are. Yeah. They are down to earth. I mean, I feel like Garcelle has a great head on her shoulders. Like I feel like she's pretty down to earth. I really do. Yeah, she um, seems really easy to get along with. Like, she would be really fun to get drunk with, for sure. Oh, totally. And she fits right in. She really fits right in. I thought they introduced her perfectly in episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually fascinated by the way they introduced her, because like I said before, I feel like the show is, had filmed, like, maybe a month prior to actually, like, for, I, I think they filmed a month prior to um, Fashion Week. I could be wrong with that. I'm just saying that's the way it's coming off to me, because you know normally they don't do, like, a cast trip episode one. Mm-hmm. Um and so I don't know if Garcelle was actually introduced to anybody before. I, I guess not, but I thought she fit in, like, wonderfully. I really, I just really love seeing her. Um, yeah, like, I, 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 I only have good things to say about Garcelle. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing her storyline. Like, I was, even, like, episode two, talking about what happened with the ex-husband, Mike, I was, like, I was pretty captivated by her whole story. I mean, are we going to talk about Sutton? I'm sorry? Are we going to talk about Sutton? We have to talk about we Sutton. We have to talk about Sutton. Sutton fascinates me, too, to no end. Garcelle's, like, nice and normal, and then there's Sutton. <laughs> and then there's Sutton, who was, like... Sutton struck. Very clearly brought in, it feels like, to be the one that the ladies don't necessarily get along with. Like, she just has such yes. a, a grating personality that it's, like, they obviously knew that they would all hate her. Yep. Exactly, exactly. Hold on one second, Troy. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to reconnect my phone to something. That's all right. 
Hi, sorry, I'm back. It's okay. Um, Sutton, I completely agree, feels like someone who was brought in to stir the pot. And what I love too is that, um, you know, I, 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 it was only like August. Do you remember, you know how they normally never announce cast members like before they film mm-hmm. the series, before they film the season? They did it this time with Beverly Hills where in August they announced that both Garcelle and Sutton were joining the show, which I loved that they announced. I think it was very, very, very needed after that season of Beverly Hills. I mean, I feel like people were so grossed out by Puppygate and just so exhausted by what was going on with Vanderpump and the other women. I think that everyone was just so like depleted that I actually thought it was really great that they were just like, here, we have two new cast members. There's something to look forward to see you next year when we air the show like i i thought that was great um especially because it was so unexpected i mean garcelle was a completely unexpected to me completely unexpected cast member um and obviously i don't know who sutton is so like to me they were both just so like this is great because denise i'm so glad she's with us but i agree with you like i knew denise wanted to be on the show she's always said she's a fan yeah but, like i've i've never seen garcelle in much happens live yeah, I know. But it's weird, though, because she fits into that, like, I don't really know how to describe this category of celebrity, but she fits perfectly into the category of female celebrity who makes a good Beverly Hills housewife. Oh, it's like 90s actress who's now, like, it really is. Like, Rinna's that way, Denise is that way, Garcelle's that way. People who are, like, at their prime in terms of their career. And I don't mean to, because I will say, I think out of all three of those actresses, I, I, I don't even want to say that Garcelle was in her prime quote in the 90s. Garcelle's kind of still in her prime. Like, she's been consistently working as an actress to this day, more than Denise yeah. and more than Rena. So I feel like Garcelle, you know what I mean? Like, Gar- Garcelle's always, I was looking at her IMDb, she's been working all of these years doing God knows what. I say her height's the 90s because she was doing, like, you know, at that point in the Jimmy Fox show and Coming to America was already out. And then, I forgot she was on that show Models, Inc., that Beverly Hills ended to a no spinoff. Oh, yeah. With, with like, Halle Berry? It was with, um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, Linda Gray. Wow. Models, Inc. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, she, she, just, she just perfectly fits into that, like, kind of specific subcategory. But, yeah, she's amazing. And she's so, like... She's so comfortable on, like, you know, there's, like, this thing about Denise even still where you can feel that even though she's been on camera for years, Denise, like, doesn't love being on a reality TV camera. Like, you can just feel that energy where she's, like, I'm on a reality show. I'm on a reality show. I'm on a reality show. I'm having a reality show. I'm eating dinner with a reality show cast. Like, there's cameras. You can feel that she's, like, aware that she's on a show. Whereas, like, she just feels, like, totally chill and, like, you know, just like she fits in so perfect. She really does. She really does. I find it very fun that she's gonna have this feud with Kyle. What we not see in the show, but like that's playing out now in the press where Garcelle was on Watch Happens Live. It's so funny too, because with this whole Watch Happens Live at home, like anything goes at this point. You know how they normally, like, you know, it's just like uh, all, all everything just goes now. Yeah. So for the premiere, they had Dorit and Garcelle on, and they never have the new housewife on, like episode one. Um, they never have the new housewife on so soon on Watch Happens Live. They usually wait for a little bit. Um, but they brought Garcelle on for the premiere. And, you know, Andy's talking about, you know, who's the, who has the biggest ego? And she's like, Kyle. And she's like, he's like, who would you want to be quarantined oh, with yeah. least? He's like, Kyle. Like, it's very <laughs> clear. It's clear that she doesn't love Kyle. And so yeah. Kyle responds with some, like, horseshit being like, uh, you know, I just really feel like 
when I see people talk like that, but they don't act like that on camera, it's frustrating because I show my real life on camera and I, now I know exactly who she is. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> you know, I've been, like, I don't know if you and I have talked about this, but I, I have always felt like Ky- like Lisa leaving was the worst thing that could ever happen to Kyle because I know it's like, it's now we're like too hyper-focused on how much of an asshole Kyle actually is, where it's like, Lisa always helped kind of work as like a shield for her. You know, it's like... Well, and Kyle... Yeah. No, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I completely agree with you. I also want to say that Kyle's so beta that I don't love. Like, it's always tough when beta is, like, somehow the lead of the show. It's it's, 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 sort, it's sort of the Teresa Judice problem. <laughs> it's the Except, Katie Maloney issue. Yes, and I actually, I shouldn't say Teresa, because Teresa isn't... Teresa's not a beta. Teresa's just, like, oh, my gosh, she's just completely out there. I'm trying to think, like, has there, who are the other housewives that, like, housewives leads that are betas? It's, it's Kyle. And that might be it. Is Honestly, it? the only... Because Teresa's not a beta. I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I'm comparing that as if it works. I think what I'm trying to say is that Teresa does not work as a lead of the show for a different reason. Kyle does not work on the lead of the show because she's a beta. I can't think of another housewife who's, like, a beta lead, but, like, I only literally can think of Katie Maloney. Like, after, remember when Stassi left the friend group and then Katie took her place as beta? She went from Gretchen Wieners to Regina George. Yeah, that was, was like, hellish, big time. That was, like, truly, like, I mean, who knew that Vanderpump could get worse than that? And it certainly does. Yeah. who knew that that was like, I, why the Katie Maloney Schwartz at that point could have been lead was like complete shock. I, but I, you were totally right. When Stassi left, that was like, who's going to like leave the ship? It's like, you know, the Gretchen Wieners should never, ever, ever be the first one talking. Everybody knows that. <laughs> and Kyle, like it's Kyle being the lead of the show is exactly like if Teddy was the lead of the show. It does not work. Teddy yeah. doesn't work on the show. We'll talk about that because I have things to say about her. But Kyle does not work as the lead of the show and she's now this like de facto lead because she's the only original left and I'm just like ugh like I I do love the fact that Kyle thought she was gonna have an easy season because she's a star and now we have fucking Garcelle in here and I feel like Garcelle like I want to see Garcelle and Kyle I want to see Garcelle and Kyle that's what I want because you know yeah yeah Kyle's in a weird place like I've always yeah I agree with you I've always thought that Kyle worked best as like just sort of like a comedic foil to like the main girls. You know what I mean? Kyle's like, I like Kyle being like a sidekick. I just think she works well there. It's not even a read. It's like, I just think she's more comfortable in that position. She's way more comfortable in that position. I mean, listen, during the height of her and Lisa Vanderpump's friendship, which was literally season one, but you know, they had that weird moment where they had that weird like alliance, like season six. Remember that when Kyle was like, where they're like on the boat in Dubai and Kyle's like, I can't lie for you anymore, Lisa. I will oh, not tell a lie. Yeah. yeah I will they not that tell point. a lie. I will not tell a lie. No, I'm asking you not to tell one. Yeah, no, that was like, that was like peak, like that Kyle and Lisa Vanderpump. It was just so like Kyle as beta, like begging to not do Lisa Vanderpump's dirty work. It was, that's the Kyle I want to, that's the Kyle I'm used to seeing. And it's the Kyle that we need back, to be honest. Like it's, I don't want to see Kyle's like, I remember last year they were doing this because they were trying to give a big fuck you to Lisa Vanderpump for leaving. So at the reunion, Erica goes, she's the queen. And everyone's like, wow. Oh yeah. And Andy's like, oh, why do you say that Erica? As if like, we don't know the answer. And Erica goes, look who showed up look, she connects all of us here today. I'm she like, does she? Does she connect all of us here today? <laughs> I, I love when that. Erica says, like, when Erica makes, like, prof- like these, like, prophecy statements where, like, 
she's blank faced and just thinks that what she's saying is like the most important thing that's ever been spoken. Look I'm who showed up. up. Look who showed up. Like she's here. She is here today. She connects. I mean, us listen, out. we know we know Erica hates Vanderpump with a, a passion. She hates yeah. I, actually more than I thought she did, but she really hates Vanderpump. Yeah, she but, writes um, her ass when she goes on talk shows. Totally. I'm like, Jesus Christ. But um, I mean, listen, I, if anyone's the queen now, I guess it's Rinna. I don't love that either, to be honest, but I'll, I'll accept it. Let's talk about how um, how Teddy is white knuckling it to be a real housewife. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Okay. Teddy in this episode, in this last episode. Oh my God. Okay. So Teddy has that like God, like ter- that terrible text message. It wasn't even terrible. It was just so Teddy. Where she was like, hi guys, I'm hosting my retreat, my all-in retreat, and please come if you want, but don't feel obligated to come. I know it doesn't float everyone's boat, so I won't be offended if you don't come. Bye. Like, I was like, okay, so she's giving this sort of text message where, you know, she's leaving it open to the women. It's not very clear what she wants, but she's certainly doing that whole thing where she's like, come if you don't, but, you know, and she's like sort of making it sound like she, she really does want them there. Garcelle's reaction to just being like, okay, I don't have to come was one of the funniest things I've ever seen and I loved it. And I was like, we would all be Garcelle in that moment where she just, you read that and you're like, oh great, I don't have to show up. Of course, yeah, like you gave me an out, duh. Duh. What was shocking to me was when Lisa Rinna confronted Teddy about it in the car on the way to Sutton Strack's West Hollywood opening of her store Sutton. seeing seeing Rena was she was like okay Teddy what do you really want what do you really want us to do you're not clear about this and Teddy I thought she was gonna say well I actually want you guys to all stay the night instead she was like my ideal is that you guys come and leave by dinner (laughs) I like kind of loved that though honestly that sounds like some shit I would say to my friends that get blank stares (laughs) what's funny is that I I think I'm coming from a place like Here's what I would do. And I, I do not like Teddy on the show. She shouldn't be on the television. She should not be on the show at all. But I will say that I would send a text message like Teddy. That I was, that's very not clear. That's very wishy-washy. And very like, come if you don't or don't. And it's, no, it's totally fine. Like, I, yeah. would send, I, would, I would send a text like that. I actually would. But I think I would send it say, thinking like, oh, I want them to stay. So I was surprised when she was like, oh, no, I want you guys to leave. I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I do love that everybody was just completely confused by this and has made it very clear that they do not want to go to this all-in retreat because, quite frankly, who does? Like, who wants to go to that retreat? It sounds boring as shit. I just feel like I've never... I could totally be wrong. I mean, of course I am. But I'm thinking about it, and it's like, I cannot recall seeing a housewife so visibly vulnerably white knuckling it to be on the show and not by like doing stunts and doing theatrics and pulling out receipts and stuff like that which she has resorted to but it's mostly like just her trying so hard to be a housewife it's so funny because teddy season eight her first season she was not great but she was able to get away with this whole, I'm new, and my storyline is that I'm new, and I'm not like these other women. I'm a little bit, like, her, her storyline that year was, like, I ride horses, I don't know how to dress myself, and I'm down to earth. Like, that was, yeah. like, her thing. I'm down to earth, my dad's famous, I don't know anybody, but Dorit's ridiculous, and people are, like, and I kind of, that was the only season I ever, like, somewhat enjoyed Teddy, ever. And that was probably Beverly Hills' worst season. Like, that was a terrible season for the show. But it was the one season that I actually might have enjoyed Teddy the most because she was calling out Dorit for her bullshit. That was the whole glass snafu where she, like, had 
not a not a champagne glass, but a wine glass. Mm. And Dorit was late. And Dorit was late for drinks and made her wait for like an hour. And a half. Yes. <laughs> and then Dorit and, called her like an hour away and was like, "Hi, honey. I'm just getting off the highway." And she was like <laughs> literally like forty minutes away from the restaurant still. <laughs> uh, Hi, babe. And Dorit's whole excuse was, "I thought we were supposed to meet at four <laughs> thirty. <laughs> I'm sorry, so- baby. I'm sorry, baby. It was so funny. That was great. That was, that was great. Good. Yeah, I forgot about that. that. We had a whole scene. We had a whole scene. By the way, that's how slow Beverly Hills was moving, is that we had a whole scene of Teddy sitting at lunch, <laughs> drinking her, like, water, and waiting, and waiting for Dorit to show up. And it just kept doing the timestamp, like, showing every 20 minutes. Like, she was just not there. And then the scene ends with her just being like, I gotta go home to my kids now. Bye. Like, that was a full scene. <laughs> That was a full scene on Housewives that season because nothing happened. But she was friends with Vanderpump. Vanderpump took her in, broken bed, took mm-hmm. her in, riding horses. And then we took a dark turn, season nine, because Teddy made the wrong move. She got too close to Kyle Richards, literally started wearing Kyle's clothes, which was such a shock because- It was weird. I, I, it was so, like, it was, it was ridiculous. Like, Teddy- started wearing Kyle's clothes, which was shocking because Kyle has the worst fashion. Yeah. The worst, one of the, not only on Beverly Hills, some of the worst fashion across the entire franchise. Easily. It's really, like, Kyle is, and, and, and I, I don't understand how Kyle doesn't really realize that 10 seasons into the show, because I'm, I'm sure people have told Kyle on social media that she dresses terribly. But Teddy started dressing like her, got a haircut like Kyle. Remember when she cut her hair last year like Kyle? Yeah. That was weird that shoulder length haircut and she turned on Vanderpump which was fine I think Teddy felt that it was going to like work in her favor that she could like turn on Vanderpump and she was going to leave the charge but instead what happened was she got caught for lying too Teddy ended up being in on this the entire time until she didn't like it anymore and that was and that was a major fuck up because she was ready to destroy Dorit I can't recall a time when a housewife has ever like done something so blatant like I dress terrible so I'm strutting down the stairs right now, head to toe in another housewife's clothes so I can look like a housewife at our housewife dinner. It was surreal to me. It was weird. Like, it was it was so weird. And I feel like Teddy now, I don't, the thing about Teddy that confuses me is that I actually genuinely don't get why she's on the show. Because you know how, like, the housewives have love lovers, haters, like, I don't follow Teddy on social media, but I have looked at the comments because I actually did follow her on Twitter recently and then unfollowed her. Um, she only gets hate. Like, she only gets hate on social, like, on Twitter, at least. Like, people hate her yeah. because she's boring. Like, that's the thing about her, too, is that, like, people don't hate her because she's an evil person and they're like, oh, and she's, like, the villain, so it sort of works a little bit. No, people hate her because she's boring and genuinely not, like, fun. And I feel bad about that because, like, it must be really exhausting to be called boring all the time. Well, she's a terrible reality TV star. It's not like she's a bad person. She's just not, she reads terribly on TV. Horrible. She does not fit on in the show at all. Like, she does not fit in at all all it's it's actually very uncomfortable to watch like and the thing is even when she's confronted with this like i thought she handled that whole text thing so poorly when she told everyone like i don't really care if you guys come like that should have been a moment where it was sort of like ha fuck you but i'm also like easygoing it came off it came off as like really strange and nasty like i don't blame sutton for being like uh well i'm coming so do not give a fuck that i'm coming like they all looked taken aback because it was really awkward she doesn't know how to deliver any lines yeah it's like she's got that personality unfortunately where it's like 
when you study just like wolf packing like she has the perfect like perfect perfect personality as someone who like makes it easy for people to spot all her weaknesses like immediately and like bully her you know what i mean like a group of yes. women, it's so easy for them to bully her because she's so vulnerably um kind of like uh, i don't know i can't think of a word that's not like so degrading <laughs> but like she's just so vulnerable in her insecurities like it's like hard to i don't know i just she, I it's very easy to pick on her it's it's very easy to pick on her and she's very sensitive like the fact yeah. that the fact that next week Sutton calls her boring and it results in Teddy crying and having to leave the table, I'm like, oh my god, like this is ridiculous. Like Teddy is so insecure. It's it's actually it makes me really uncomfortable and sad. Like even like and it, even when moments that should be kind of fun make me sad. Like the whole fashion show thing, which oh my god, by the way, poor Shahida, those fashions, Kyle, oh Kyle saying that she takes photos of things she likes <laughs> and then sends it to Shahida and suddenly she gets a design in the mail was absurd. But besides that, I gotta tell you, like, watching Teddy, like, walk, like horse walk her way, like, like Kyle's like, getting, <laughs> like, walking like she just got the horse, which is very accurate. Kyle's very funny. When she I know. Um, she's, watching Teddy walk down that runway and doing that whole thing where they're like, oh, please don't walk, like, you know, don't, like, do better than Kyle's walk, do better than Kyle's walk. I just was so uncomfortable. And funny enough, like, Teddy is someone, like, she kind of gives me, like, Alex McCord energy, but not in a fun way. Teddy, yeah. You know what's crazy about Teddy, too, is, and tell me if I'm wrong, besides Dorit, I actually thought Teddy looked the best on the runway. Like, not the walk, but, like, she looked like a model. She's so beautiful. Oh, she's, she's so gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah. She's gorgeous. And she looked fantastic. She was stomping down the runway. It was very awkward. But, like, watching her, like, do, I don't know why. It just makes me, so, like, watching her makes me so uncomfortable. I, it's not, it's not, like, fun in an Alex McCord way. It's not fun in a Denise way where it's, like, oh, you can play on the fact that, like, you're going to wear, like, Old Navy shorts to, like, you know, dinner in the Bahamas. It's, like, not, I don't know. It's just watching her. It's because she so desperately wants to fit in. And I think, well, also, like, Alex McCord was, like, eccentric and weird. Like, that was the thing about her that was fun, is that, like, even though she was a beta and she would break into hives and she'd fight with people, <laughs> she was, like, weird and eccentric. And she was, like, a real, like, old-school New Yorker. You know what I mean? And somebody that you would, like, pass in the street and be like, what the hell is her story? This wiry yes. woman that looks like Carrie's mom. You know what I mean? She was, <laughs> she was weird, like... Teddy isn't eccentric, she isn't weird, she isn't funny, she isn't, uh, like, she isn't anything. Like, she just doesn't, it's like she's just nothing on the show. She's very much a nothing. I agree with you. There's nothing eccentric about her. She's very basic. She is. Like, she's just so, uh, it's, it's, I, I love how I can't get wor my words together about Teddy because there's truly nothing to say. It's, yeah, just, it's she's like, just not, I'm, what I do have to say is, I have a question, which is, why did they bring her back? I, I don't I'll never that. know. I don't understand what she contributes to this cast like I guess maybe because last year she was so heavily involved in Puppygate or whatever but like that was grating like there's a reason that that storyline was like and you know I would say not to speak for everybody but like most people's least favorite like moment of the, sh the series because it was terrible. grating it was terrible to have to watch Teddy narrate the show it was unbearable it was unbearable. I, I, I don't understand. It's sort of like, I think the thing about Teddy is that um, 
she's sort of like, Adla- like Beverly Hills is Eva Marcel on it in Atlanta. But the thing is, Eva's so fun and Eva is so funny and she has such a great personality. The the women are not the same at all. I'm saying the roles on the show right now are a little bit similar. But when Eva brings it, you want her to be there. Ugh. Teddy is never Teddy is never once give me any reason for her to be like for for me to want her to be there ever no. like she never has it's she always i'm like who is this bitch in the room like i every time teddy walks i'm like who is that like why is she here yeah she's uh i'm like uh, I, I would really 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 like for annie to stop just sometimes like the network just loves to drag a dead horse they just love to for maybe a year or two just drag this housewife along that everybody knows needs to go it's like some yeah. weird negotiation thing that happens i feel where they're like well we can pay her the least so let's just keep her because she'll stay no matter what like whatever um let's talk about new york let's do it leah mcsweeney is 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 one of the best additions we've had in a long time i mean talk about like amazing casting like holy shit my god like it's it's actually crazy how much she feels like she's always been there it's it's amazing it's I'm, wild I, i'm i'm worried to talk about leah mcsweeney because i know like her problematic past has come out and it definitely concerns me um i've seen the articles i've seen what she said I, I, have you been reading the article have you been keeping up with her like you know not so great past Oh, of course. And I actually read a really, really, really interesting article yesterday. I wish I could remember where I read it from, but it was basically about, um, it was just, it was written by somebody who was basically coming from, coming from, I'm like too excited. It was written by somebody who was coming from the perspective that she's a horrendous person, but like, it doesn't make her not a great housewife. Like she- Was it the Daily Beast? I yes, think I read the same article it where it was like it was like inside her anti Me Too past. <laughs> yes, it was the Daily Beast, and she's like, yeah, like she is a horrendous. Like I don't know if I would ever, I would actually be afraid to sit across from her at a dinner table. To be honest with you, I'm gonna be honest. Like I would be afraid to have like a a night out with her. She seems fucking crazy, but she's a good housewife. She's a great housewife. She's a good housewife. So great. I, I, I really, I really love her on the show. I think she's like such a great addition. She brings such a fresh energy. So I think, and I, like I said before, I think this idea of like kind of like you know needing to everyone to giving room for everyone to breathe. Um, I love Bethany, and I do wish that she was still on the show. But who knew that Leah would be like the kind of the replacement that we needed? I honestly, as much as I love Bethany, I have not missed her at all these past few episodes for the most part. Like I definitely think that there is. Here's what I'll say. Is there a void without Bethany there? Yes, I do feel that way. There is, because the thing with Leah, as I love her, she's crazy, she's funny, she's kind of a great narrator right now. She really is getting a lot of like confessional time. I think she's at this point sort of narrating the season because she's new and she's like, who the fuck are these women? They're nuts. And I love that. The one thing I will say about Leah is I do wish that they did what they did with Beverly Hills where they casted two women. I think I said this before, and I actually seen now that it's playing out on TV, I stand by my statement. I think what was so great about Beverly Hills is that we have someone like Sutton, who's kind of like out there, a little bit nuts, not like fun nuts, but just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just really like <laughs> um, elitist and bougie and, you know, mm-hmm. but then we have Garcelle's the opposite of that. I wish that we had a foil to Leah. Yeah, I I get that. But totally. I will say that Sonia Morgan has said that 
because someone was like, oh, you about Leah being the Bethany's replacement. And she was like, well, she was never supposed to be Bethany's replacement. Like, she's like, no one can replace Bethany. And she was not supposed to. She was supposed to join the show with Bethany. So it's, um, unfortunately, Leah just kind of fell, fell into this role of having to be Bethany's replacement, not even knowing that she was going to be that replacement. But, I mean, she's great. I, I, I don't feel like there is, I don't feel like there's a void right now. I'm curious to know how the rest of the season's going to go, especially because we've had a few episodes in the Hamptons. And I'm curious to know how it's going to go with just like normal life in New York City again on this show, because I think that, I think that without Bethany or without someone like Bethany or even someone like Carol, it's a lot of like mayhem and not a lot of, yeah. and not a lot of like ground, there's no grounding force. It's just, I, I think I said this to you on the last, last time we recorded, it's sort of like watching, it's like when the parents aren't home and you're just watching like kids just go loose and just like going insane. Yeah, I've been using your analogy to describe how I feel about it to people. Oh, <laughs> I hope I hope it's accurate because, like, I really feel like that's the way it's like. It, it is like like when the parents aren't there and you just watch kids go completely nuts, and mm-hmm. that's what it, that's what it's been feeling like these past few episodes. And I love it, but I'm curious to know how that's going to play out for the rest of the season. Okay, so here's what I'll say: It's like New York is always for me. I just think New York is always like no matter what, even their worst seasons are always better than most cities' best seasons. Yes. I just think New York has their finger on the pulse of what the people want. They are an amazing fucking dynamic group of women and they just make good TV and they all just seem so aware of what their show is. Like they know the formula and the flavor and like the soul of their show. And they like know that it's different than everybody else's. It's basically like, it's like, I love Lucy. You know what I mean? Like it's literally like a sitcom and they know that. And I love that. And it's been, to me, incredible. And I think that she is such a fucking good addition to this group of women. But (laughs) I do think, like you said, that we're missing a grounding force. And I think the thing that's always been so great about New York is that those moments are sort of sprinkled in. Like those random episodes you get like every couple weeks where the girls are drunk and Sonia's like putting a fucking champagne bottle in her vagina and everybody's just like going crazy, (laughs) you know? Like it's fun because you have the other side of it where like things are very serious and you know what I mean? Or like whatever, like, I don't know. So it just feels a little, I don't want every single week to watch these women be like wasted and like peeing themselves and running around naked. Well, that's the thing. We, I think as much as I love the season so far, we've had three episodes taking place over the course of one weekend because they're doing, they were on a cast trip. New York is always like number one when it comes to cast trips. They always do a cast trip, whether it's, and whether it's, you know, to Mexico, which I think is where they're going this year, or to Jordan's Berkshire's house, or in this case, like the Hamptons. So right now we're at peak New York City housewives. I'm curious to know what it's going to be like next week. When we're back in the city, it's fashion week. Leah gets mad at Sonia and throws the dress at her or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious. I just don't know. And you know what? I don't know if I said this to you, but I'll say it now. And if I said it already, then let me know. But, and this is going to be such a, everyone's going to be like, oh my God, fuck off, Brandon. I, I, I wish Barbara Kay was with us. I loved her. Really? Whoa, 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 whoa. I know, I know, I know, I know. I wish... I wish Barbara was a housewife with Leah. I'm just saying. Why? 
<laughs> why? Damn it! Why? Why? I loved Barbara. I loved her. I thought that she was. Here's the thing. I loved Barbara. I thought that Barbara was a genuinely nice person. I feel like Barbara could have continued. I feel like this whole thing with Luann this season, who's been sort of very much a background character so far. Um, I feel like we could have continued that sort of that sort of weird dynamic between her and Luann because they're not friends anymore. She's friends with Sonia. She has that weird tip with Dorinda. I actually feel like Leah and Barbara would get along great. And I feel like it would have been an interesting storyline. I really do. I think it would have been interesting. It could have been a flop, but I feel like it would have been, I feel like it could have been interesting. I mean, I'm not like I know, by the way, I know my answer is wrong. I know I'm not one hundred percent opposed to it. To be honest, it's like I'm I'm missing somebody to, like, I'm missing having a person who walks out in the backyard while Sonia is like ripping her fucking caftan off and says, "Oh my god," like Sonia's ripping off her caftan. Like somebody who grounds what's happening because right, it's like you said. Like, there's really no better way to describe it. Like, it just feels like everybody is running around like chickens with their heads cut off, and they're like, "We're filming, we're filming, we're on TV." Like, Bethany isn't here. We can do anything we want. You know what I mean? That's what it feels like. It's like everybody's just going fucking bananas. Like Tensley's so excited that Bethany's out there because she can, you know, like be in quotes wild. I guess for Tinsley on TV, <laughs> she could like not have bangs, and that's like crazy for her. Yes. Um, you know what I mean? It just feels like we're missing one person to be like, and it, it feels like, uh, I mean, we kind of got that from Luann because Luann's been like sobsies, but like Luann isn't like self-possessed or self-aware enough to be a good like grounding force of the show. She's delusional. No, and Barbara kind of was. Like, I actually thought that Barbara really like, listen, I thought she had a good read on the women. I really did. I thought Barbara has history with these women. She had a good read on them. I felt like she was, was she a bit of an awkward presence? Yes, but I thought that she, I really, I really felt that we could have continued that Luann storyline with mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. I thought that would have been a really, because the fact that we have that whole last season about Luann and her sobriety and being such an asshole and the two women that were actually there during the time of her you know, rehab stint, which was Barbara and Bethany both being gone is weird. I thought, I think it's weird to not have either of them there. I think that we could have continued that weird thing she had with Dorinda. I think we could have seen her and Ramona growing a little bit closer in some weird way. I think that it would have been nice to have an older woman on this show because Leah's only 37. I think it would have been nice to have someone who's closer to the age of Dorinda and Ramona also be on the cast. Yeah. Um, as like sort of the new housewife. And I felt like, I actually really feel like Leah and Barbara would respect each other quite a bit and actually like each other a lot. The one thing I will say, actually I'll finish my thought about Barbara. I really feel like her and Leah would have been, like, friends. Is that weird? Like, I actually feel like, I feel like they would have respected each other. No, I think they would have totally gotten along. Yeah. I will tell you this. As much as I miss Bethany, and I'm actually curious to know this season would have been with her, part of me, like, the more I'm watching this season, the more I'm, like, and it's funny, because Bethany was the one who brought Leah on the show. The story is that, you know, they have the same facialist they've never met. Bethany fought, Bethany, the facialist was talking to Bethany about Leah, Leah followed Bethany on Instagram. Uh, Bethany followed Leah on Instagram and, and said to the facialist, tell Leah, does she want to ask her if she wants to be on the show? Leah said yes. And then Leah did the interview and she, you know, got on the show, sent Bethany flowers. Bethany unfollowed her on Instagram because she unfollowed all the housewives. Um, and so that's the story of how Leah got on. And 
as much as I'm curious to know how they would have been together, part of me is actually happy that Bethany's not here because I actually think that Bethany would have, I think Bethany would not have loved Leah and I think we would have seen a really ugly side of Bethany. Yeah, I think she would have dimmed whatever sort of like brightness that Leah brings to the show. Yeah, I really feel like we, I, I feel like Bethany would not have been loving that whole like running around in the pool naked, jumping in the water, like getting drunk with Sonia. And to, I feel like Beth, as much as I love Bethany, I, I actually don't think that she would even, because some I see people on, online being like, oh my God, like Bethany and Leah would really love each other. I'm like, I don't think so. I don't think I think, I think Bethany would actually be quite irritated by Leah. Especially drunk Leah. I think she'd be very irritated by drunk. I mean, she if, if if Bethany saw Leah yelling at Sonia and something like that, like wasted, like smashing the bottle, Bethany yeah. would be like, sit down. Yeah. It, she would have put a stop to it immediately. Yeah, for sure. I also yeah. think that like, to add to your point about Barbara, I think that Barbara unfortunately came into the show. If Barbara had come into the show, like maybe, you know, six years ago, like if it was Barbara instead of Cindy, however many years ago, what could have happened, you know? But like Barbara just so happened to come into the show as they were like literally sliding into home base. Like they were, they had like a, a, a handful of years they were consecutively hitting their fucking stride. Like they were just so, it was like, and they knew it, you know what I mean? Like she was gonna be, it didn't really matter who it was that came in. They were gonna be chewed up and spat out because the cast was so fucking like good. It, everything was just so great with or without her, you know? Totally, totally. And I think, and you know what? I actually think this would have been a great season for Heather to be back. That would have been a great oh. season to bring back with Leah. Oh, I got goosebumps thinking about it, literally. I'm surprised, you know what? I. I wish they tried, and I don't know if they've tried, but I, I, I wish they did, especially because I, I think, like, Leah, and I will say this, Le- Heather and Leah together is a better, obviously, I, to me, better than having, like, Barbara come on. And Leah, I know people are like, oh my god, why the fuck does he want Barbara back? I loved Barbara. I know it's, like, not very popular opinion, um, but I liked her a lot. But Heather would have been perfect to come on with Leah. Yeah. I would have lo- loved to have seen that. But at the same time, as much as, even when I'm saying that, I'm like, you know, like, maybe she would have tried to stop Leah, too, from having fun. Like, I think we needed, I think it would have been nice to have two women on the show, like, two new housewives. I still think that that would have been a good move to have Leah come on with somebody else who's maybe a little bit more, um, just, like, a little bit more grounded. And I think that Leah is coming off grounded so far, but I think that, like, Leah's coming off that way because the other women are so crazy. Like, we're obvi- I think we're obviously going to see that Leah is, like, also crazy. We've already seen it. But, like, she's coming off more sane than everybody else because she's brand new. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think, I mean, I, I know for sure that Heather is, like, one, oh, excuse me, one of the few examples of a housewife who, like, legitimately did choose to leave. Like, she didn't want to return. But, like, I think that she would have been the perfect, I think, basically, Bethany leaving would have been the perfect time to bring somebody else back who had been on the show in the past. Like, a nostalgia yeah. moment. Just along with Leah, like any, uh, anybody who's been on the show already, like anybody who we know who could feel like some sort of grounding force while this feels so weird that Bethany's not there, you know? It just would have been nice to see like a returning, like a familiar face. You know who would have been interesting? And you're going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Brandon? But I'm just going to say it. I, I, I love how, I, and it's funny because New York doesn't have a rich history of women that's been on the show that are not on, like, it has, you know, the history of women that's been on, like, of course, they're iconic, Jill and Alex and, like, you know, Kelly, like, 
but New York, I, I wouldn't say New York has a, a rich history. For a show that's been on for 12 years, the cast is not like that long of a list. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, no. I mean, the, compared the, to like OC and Atlanta and yeah. Right. Like the most recent housewife before Leah was Tindley. Um, and that was a few years ago. But I'm, now I'm sort of like, what would happen if Kristen came back? I'd love with, that. Are you kidding me? With Leah. I know we don't need another blonde, but like, wow, I'm like not picturing that. Like Leah and Kristen together. Interesting. I like it. I like the thought of it. Do you ever watch um, on Bravo's YouTube channel, they do these like catch up with, like what has a housewife been up to since the show? Yes. I think I saw part of Kristen's, but what is she up to now? She live tweets the show. Well, Kristen just seems very, like, she got so fucked with that stuff that happened with her husband, you know? And, like, obviously she wanted to pull back and didn't want all of that stuff exposed. Like, it was just such a shit time. But she just seems so much more, like, such a more, like, self-possessed, like, grown-up woman now. Like, she just seems so much more sure of herself. And she even said, like, if I came back on the show, I would be a completely different person because now, like, I'm familiar with the experience. I'm not afraid to speak my mind. Like, I know how the beats work. I'm like, I'm not like a deer in the headlights filming a reality show. I think she would be amazing as a return housewife. I really do. I agree. And you know what would have been a funny storyline? If literally episode one, she because I don't know if she still talks to any of the women, but I do like the idea of her coming on to the show in episode one. She's like, I'm, n- I'm still a model. I still work. And she goes to her job and who is she modeling for but married to the mob, Leah McSweeney. I would die. Like, what better? I mean, like, it would be, now I'm like having a weird, like, fantasy moment where like that's gonna happen next week but it won't on my head i know i'm like oh wow now i kind of wish like that was gonna happen i would have <laughs> loved i mean i really would have loved it but then again you know it's like the women who have left new york are usually the women that i still want to see like i wanted another season of jewels i wanted more of her She's yeah here with us but that's you know what it is like and now i'm thinking about too like the whole you know how i said that bethany i don't think would have gotten along with leah right. i think she would have respected leah as a businesswoman but bethany as much as i love bethany does she she will always and forever act like skinny girl is above any other housewife business ever mm-hmm. and bethany is doing amazing amazing charity work i think that bethany is actually doing exactly what she needs to be doing right now i think that bethany ultimately i, I really have so much respect for her i actually drunkenly donated to be strong um like week, like week two of quarantine i was like i have to and, and you know what she's getting the work done she's doing such yeah, amazing work yeah. the she's doing, she really is our government I have, yeah, I have so much respect for Bethany. And so I'm sort of like, you know what, good for her. She left at a great time. She had a great season last year, a great season. She left on a high note. She's with her boyfriend. She has her daughter. She has the business. Like, everything is good. And I think what I'm thinking, and I think if she came back for season 12, I think that she would respect Leah as a businesswoman, but I think that there, she would, like, I think Bethany's just weird around new girls. Um, like she was, she was a little bit weird with Tinsley because she clearly didn't respect Tinsley, and God bless her. I mean, who did? But yeah. like, she, didn't, she clearly, she clearly didn't respect Tinsley at all. She barely did by the time she left. And as much as Leah is has her own business, I feel like Bethany would have found a weird way to tear her down about it. And I feel like I'm kind of glad we didn't have to see that. Like, I'm glad that maybe like my last like whether Bethany comes back or not on the show ever, I'm glad that at least the last time we saw her on the show was a positive thing. And not like some like whole like I hated Leah all season and now I left. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, because she would have probably had a really nasty season this year. Uh, yeah, I don't think that. I just don't think that her, she and Leah would have gotten along very well. I definitely think that Leah wouldn't have been um, 
Leah wouldn't Leah wouldn't have backed down to her. So like that probably would have been a problem. No, for not Bethany. at all. Leah would like, threaten her. Yeah. Yeah, she would fully get in her face. Like if anything, she would probably like be one of the first housewives to actually try and physically fight Bethany. I could totally see it. Oh yeah, like I. A hundred percent. Like, as much as I want to believe that Bethany would be the type to, like, strip down and jump into the pool naked, too, with them, like, she's not. She never would. I actually, tell me this. Picture the scene. Sonia stumbles out, like she did, and she was like, I'm, I'm stealing double, and I'm feeling single. And she, like, jumps into the water naked. We have that tableau happening with, you know, Leah and Tinsley and Sonia. And then we have the kitchen, where Ramona decides to confront Dorinda once again about John Modesti, like, it's season eight of the show. Mm-hmm. And she's like, She's like, how would you feel, Dorinda, if he uh, asked women for their numbers? And, of course, Dorinda's like, he doesn't do that with Maria. And she's like, well, he actually does. Where, where is Bethany in this scene? Where is Bethany? What's happening? Okay, Bethany would be doing one of two things. It's funny that you said that she wouldn't be naked in the pool, because actually, like, if she was drunk, she might be. I could tell, you know Bethany loves to strip naked and show her, like, implants. That's, like, one of the She does. I don't know why I said that she didn't, because you're right, she does. So she would either be butt-ass naked in the pool, (laughs) showing off her tits, or she'd be, like, narrating that conversation, like, guiding it. You know what I mean? Like, she'd be in the kitchen (laughs) controlling that whole conversation. Yes. And you know what? I'm not, can we just like do an alternate universe for this, for a second of what this Hamptons weekend would have looked like with Bethany there? Sure. First of all, she wouldn't have stayed at Ramona's house. No. She would have either stayed for one night and left or she wouldn't have stayed at all. Like Luann said, like not staying. Um, like she would not be staying. Like, I don't, Bethany would joke about the fact that Luann being an asshole, but the lower level. But Bethany also would not stay at the house. Like she would be like, I'm going to my home in the Hamptons. So that's one. Um, Beth- <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. Bethany would um, that night she would be drinking, and I feel like she would be in the water. Like she would be kind of all over Sony. Like she wouldn't be all over Tinsley. She'd be like Tinsley, get in the water. You're hot. Like she would yeah, be yeah, yeah. hot. She'd be like you're hot, Tinsley. Get in the fucking water. That's what she would do. She'd scream, get in the fucking water. And so she gets in the water. They're all together. Leah starts throwing the tiki torches, and God bless her for doing that. That was fantastic stuff. But Bethany would stop that. Yeah, she would have not let that. She would have put Bethany that would have been like, to stop. She would, she, would have to, she would have to talk to her like she talks to Sonia. Like, you know, like when Sonia, like last year, when Sonia got wasted in the uh, Berkshires, and she like picked up Ramona's dog, Coco. And she's like holding the dog up to her chest, and she's like, put the dog down. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, to be she fair, was, she was throwing like flaming orbs through the garden. <laughs> Oh yeah, like, like she was throwing 100%. like balls of fire through the throughout the garden. <laughs> yeah, Bethany would one hundred percent be like, "Put," she'd be like, "Put that tiki torch down now." It was making me nervous. I was like, "She's literally just throwing these like propane tanks or whatever all over the place." Like there was just little fires all over the yard. It was crazy. You know what Leah would do, though, and I'm gonna just say it. Leah would totally fucking do this drunk, and she would, and we're gonna have to just say it. Bethany would say, put the tiki torch down now. And Lee's response would say, no, and throw it right at Bethany. Yeah, yeah, she would throw it up. She would, she would have thrown that at Bethany. She or would she would throw, just, like, throw the spear at her. She would have thrown that fire in the direction of Bethany, right yeah. in the pool. That would have been ugly. Yeah, her and Bethany would when, have ended up having some crazy fucking physical altercation. It would be bad. They would have to, like, I, have, I don't see a world where Bethany would just, like, take to Leah. Mm-mm. Like, totally. Because Bethany... 
thrives off betas. Like she really like she that's why Carol and her work so well because Carol's yeah. fucking beta. Like I, it was funny because Jill was such an alpha, but but Bethany, I feel like thrives off well, Bethany thrives off control. Bethany like wants to, it's not even that she thrives off the betas. She thrives off of having the sort of control in the relationship. She wants to be, you know, the cooler friend. She wants to be the smarter friend. She wants to be the more successful friend. She wants to be that. Like, that's why her and Sonia actually work quite well, because she's, quote, Sonia's mentor. Mm-hmm. Leah, like, I think Leah respects Bethany as a businesswoman, but Leah's, like, not looking for a mentor. And not, not, yeah. not what I'm I don't think she's, like, looking for Bethany to be a mentor, and I think that Bethany would look at herself as that way to Leah, and I just feel like her and Leah would definitely, like, you know, butt heads a little bit in that way. Yeah, I don't think that Bethany gets along with people who, like, are in the gray area. She either, like you said, like, is full-on motherly mentor, you know, I'm gonna teach you how to be a a human being, like, close to a beta, or, like you said, she's close to somebody like a Jill Zarin, who's, like, a full-on alpha. Like, yeah, and Bethany would also, like, make some, like, weird, rude comment about, like, married to the mob, as if, like, Leah wants or needs the advice from a brand she started in 2004, but yeah. Bethany, would act like she, but Bethany would act like she started that brand yesterday. Exactly. And she's like, okay, Leah, like, she's like, what's the, with the name? Married to the mob. Like, she'd be like, what's, what, uh, what is it? Like, she would just, like, fully, like, be kind of, like, rude about it, and Leah would not take that lightly. No, yeah, she would definitely have a problem with the name. She would definitely have problems. She would, like, have problems, because, I, I mean, I will not lie to you, when I saw that photo that they chose to use of her, like, modeling the clothing, for, like, oh, cool. some, like leaning back and standing really fucking awkward in her, like, mob hoodie or whatever, I was like, huh. <laughs> okay, that's a unique choice to represent the brand for the first time on TV, okay? Well, let's talk about that. So, let's just, okay, so... Bethany also has an issue with people who like try to be as what she would call and go with me on this because Bethany would say quote gangster you know what mm-hmm. I mean like she had that she had that issue with Heather where Heather like felt like she had a little bit of street cred right and Bethany just like took major issue with that and to be fair like it was very easy to make fun of Heather's like whole holla business but like I really feel like she would like take a lot of issue with Leah's like insistence that she's like a tried and true New Yorker who's like tough as nails yeah, because in Bethany's mind, nobody will ever be more of a gangster than her because she, like, grew up on the racetracks and had a dad who, like, probably has murdered people and has, like, seen people track. get whacked. <laughs> I love that we say that. It's become so, we've known Bethany at this point on TV for so many years that we know exactly what we're saying when we talk about her growing up on the race. I know! Like, like her dad was, like, fucking selling illegal horses and, like, you know, like, she, like, grew up literally with fucking, uh, with uh henry from goodfellas is like her dad like you know what i mean so in her mind like nobody will ever be as as truly gangster as her (laughs) we know as much about bethany's like uh you know childhood on the racetrack as much as we know about ramona's childhood in the woods of new york (laughs) like you know what ramona was in the woods and it just like honestly brought a vision to her mind of her dad everything like literally every poor choice ramona's ever made reminds her of the woods by her house I know everything brings her back to those like days in upstate New York growing up with the unfortunately the abusive father and, oh my God. And, and her siblings Ramona Mazur um <laughs> her maiden name you know what and it's <laughs> um I was gonna say something else about Leah and I forgot what it was I feel like I have so many um I feel like she I, I love that we have another by the way I love that we have another housewife on the show um with a daughter. I feel like we have so many, like, housewives in the show. Well, we have 
most of them at this point have only one daughter. It was Bethany. But it's Ramona and Leah and Sonia and Dorinda. Oh, yeah, I didn't think I about that. Interesting. I do love how Leah's like, my relationship with my daughter is, you know, we're best friends. We're soulmates. We're roommates. We're, we're best friends. We're everything. And we're mother and daughter. And if that's weird, then whatever. And I'm like, that's literally, first of all, it's very Gilmore Girls. And second yeah. of all, that's, like, that's truly like, feels like every housewife on New York City specifically. Uh, so that's, <laughs> very, that's very Ramona of her to do that. I didn't think about the fact that they all have daughters. Oh, they all have daughters. I mean, obviously Luann does too, uh, Victoria, but you know, don't forget Noel slash Noel. Oh yeah. Our little break dancer. I would love a check-in with remote with uh Lou's kids. Me too. I you know, I don't know what's going on with them. I don't know what's going on with well, last time we saw Noel slash Noel. He, it was, I think it was that season where Bethany came back and, and that's how Carol met Adam because Adam and Noel were friends. I would love a top, like a, an update on Victoria's like topless, mo- like uh, art. <laughs> her like- Yes, m- remember we had like, remember when, like, the, 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 I know, remember when we went to Miami with Luann and Bethany for Art Basel and it was like, <laughs> it was Victoria's <laughs> art hung up. And, and Bethany's like, oh my god, she's grown up now. And then the cuts to, like, Bethany, like, eating that, like, clown, that ice cream sandwich. It's like, you know what, honestly, those are the moments. Like, here's the thing. I'm just going to say something really bold. This show, will it, it, will it still be great? Of course. Of course it will. And I don't care who you are. There are people who hate Bethany Frankel, of course, that listen to this. They message me all the time, and I get it. God. But this show is at its best when Bethany is on the cast it just is what it it's is true. and there are certain moments that like we've just gotten so used to this like amazing fucking television for so many years like moments like that like art basel where bethany's feeding a clown cake it's just like <laughs> art basel would not have been it, there's so many moments on this show would not have been as great if bethany wasn't on the cast and it's sad that we now just have to do full-on fan fiction to picture I'm- like what Bethany would be saying during funny moments, you know? I mean, Bethany, I mean, I think, I think classic Bethany, even when she came, as I know people are like, oh, she was different when she came back. And she was like, it took, it, it did take Bethany a, a while to kind of click back into the group. But even, yeah. I'll, never, I'll never forget, even like episode like two of her first season back, season seven, it was, you know, peak Bethany and Ramona. Ramona's like going nuts because Bethany invited people to brunch, even though Ramona did first in the Hamptons. Mm. And Bethany and Ramona like confronts Bethany and Ramona's like, and Bethany's like, I, I, I I don't want to, I don't want to talk. I just don't want to hang out with you. And Ramona's like, okay, Bethany, calm down. Oh, yeah. And Bethany all throughout is like in the confessionals being like, I'm still me. She's like, what? Yeah. She's like, the, she's like Ramona just put me in a straight jacket right now and is calling me down. <laughs> <laughs> calm down. Okay, breathe. Like, breathe. breathe. You're like, calm down. Ramona's like sweating. She has that like frizzy, like, you know, Hampton's hair. And she's like sweating and talking about Bethany needing to calm down right now after like she started a fight. It was like, it's peak Bethany and Ramona. And so without Bethany being there, like there is that element missing. Like, I feel like there are moments, of course, where Tim, where Leo was like, oh my God, like she's thinking what we're thinking. Like, you know, talking about the party feeling very eyes wide shut in a couple episodes ago. And like, yeah. I'm even saying... When Ramona is like, of course, flirting with that hideous guy. Sorry, Joe Farrell. Um, and uh, by the way, the producers gave a big fuck you to Ramona by showing that whole like, you know, Joe Farrell toasting that Trump fundraiser at his, you know, Hampton's house. Mm-hmm. Um, so Joe Farrell walks in the room on camera with his teeth, t- 
teeth ablaze, just glaring at you. It was terrifying. And of course, Leah, thank God for her, says, you know, guys can be short and unattractive and women will still throw themselves at them. <laughs> Cut to Ramona and Sonia legit just like could not stop flirting with Joe Farrell. It was one of the funniest things. And I was like, that is 100% true. Like, yeah, thank yeah. God someone said it. Because God bless, Tinsley's not saying it because we all know that Tinsley's guilty of that. And Tinsley literally was like, I wanted to date with Joe Farrell. Yeah, it's like, honestly, thank God for Leah, to be honest with you, on this show, because we need somebody who's able to, like, pick up on how ridiculous these women are and, like, make a joke about it. And none of these women are, like, they're all funny in the way that you laugh at them. Dorinda's pretty funny. I'd say Dorinda's, like, pretty genuinely funny. But even still, it's like, you need somebody to be like, this is ridiculous. Like, Ramona and Luann are literally like slithering around the fucking house right now like serpents trying to like seduce these men like when Ramona like slithered her body in between Luann and that guy washing the dog and she's like hi yeah. like she was like this is crazy the way that these women get when there's a man around how can I forget by the way Lou getting rejected by the tennis pro that was some oh. great television I love watching Lou getting rejected I actually wish I, I wish we could see it more here's the thing about Luann and I'm just gonna say it and go with me on this. Just go with me, accept okay. it, and or take it in. I don't know if you're gonna accept it, but take it in. And I want everyone who's listening to also take this in. I know that we know that Lou is like, loves a guy, wants to catch a dick, mm-hmm. as, a par- as, as Bethany has said, slept with all of Manhattan. Um, <laughs> and I believe it. But at the same time, like when I saw her get rejected with that tennis pro, I was like, my first thought was, and this shouldn't matter. I'm just going to say it anyway. But I was just like, ah, okay. This makes sense now. Because I then thought about who we've seen Luann sleep with on this show. Yeah. Let's go through them. The Count. Mm. Jacques, who's the nicest and honestly, I would say the most attractive, nicest guy that we see. That like Ross Geller type that we saw. Like, oh, yeah. That he, he was like top. Like that was like the best Luann's ever got. But let's go through else with who else she's been with. Uh, her ex, whatever his name was, when it was a son, Tom, and Ray. Remember Ray? Like, I think they even showed a flashback this episode where he's like, he's like, <laughs> oh, I, yeah. he's like, I give a lot of money to a lot of charities. <laughs> yeah. And like screaming in Sonia's face about like Ibiza. Yeah. And, like, that, like, that's who Luann's dating. Like, that's who she's sleeping with. Yeah. <laughs> and so, then, like, it I doesn't think, take, it's like, as long as you're a man with a pulse, that lo- you have like a an appearance like you may possibly either have some good dick or money that's it it doesn't it literally doesn't take anything more than that at all am i like off base though by saying that lou gets with like not great guys no i mean maybe i'm wrong maybe she's been with the best of the best but like no i was just like oh i forget that lou's dating history is questionable at best in terms of like she really gets like i'm just gonna say it like, especially with someone like Ray, like, a complete undesirable. Yeah, I feel like Luann has many, many nights where she, like, wakes up the next day and she's like, ugh, gross. You know what I mean? Honestly. Him? I know. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. And then to kind of see her, like, I'm sorry, that dog groomer was gay. And I don't know why yeah. she was thinking that he was anything but. And she's I know! Like, and she's like, and she's like, massage me, please. Like, it was such the most uncomfortable scene. Luann's a terrible flirt, just like Ramona. Except Ramona's the worst flirt. And then then there's um, Luann. 
you know who's got i think I, I hate to talk about looks like this but i feel like you know as much as you know sonia talks about you know they always steal my guys she's right like they always do and like tom, i mean besides like jock like i guess tom was the cutest guy i've ever seen luann i'm mean, not that we've seen luann with a lot of men obviously like the pirate but like i'm just saying like the guy but like even like when we see luann on a date like remember that awful date season three like with that guy who was like he was like trying to kiss her in the mouth but instead was like kissing her over the cheek because she would not allow him to kiss her like it was like it was like it was sucking his name was her court. nose yes and his name was like court like that's who luann goes out with like those are the kind of guys like sonia like Sonia gets the best looking guys and Tom was like the best looking guy besides um I guess Jacques and that's who Luann got now it's because of Sonia yeah and it's like they all need to just like remove themselves from this narrative that like certain guys are off limits like all of you will literally fuck anybody who seems like he could maybe marry you one day so like like <laughs> they all fuck the same guys you know what I mean like they all I have the same type they do all have the same type. I, w- I will say what makes me laugh, too, is um, when Leah in the first episode was saying about William, that guy that Ramona was with, saying that he looks like the kind of guy that would rub your clit, but then be rubbing your leg. And yeah. I was like, that's, like, that's fucking funny. But <laughs> yeah. also, okay, what is his story with Ramona? Because we didn't get enough of it. What is their story? Honestly, it was so fucking weird. It was so weird. It was, it was like... so tense and uncomfortable and weird. It just like okay, like Ramona's a a very beautiful, gorgeous woman, and I'm sure that they had a great time together. But like their interaction on camera, I was just like, why is he here? I was like, he looks like yeah. he could not. He looks like he doesn't even want to be around Ramona. It made me laugh really hard too when she was uh when she was talking about the guys that she like texted, and she's like, well, I texted Nick, Dan, Austin, Billy, Mike, Joe, Rob. Michael? Like, she, like, At one point she said Carl, and I was like, Summer House. I know, I, I literally like, thought the same thing. I was like, I wouldn't be surprised. You know it's fucking Carl Radke from Summer House that she was yeah. texting. You know I, uh, but, yes, and then that, like, Rod Stewart-looking guy shows up, and, like, of course says that he tried to give Luann his number, and Luann's like, uh, I don't know you, as if, like, you know, that's, like, as if Luann's on the joke. I'm like, Lou, Lou, that's literally your type. Like, that's really yeah. who Lou dates and sleeps with. Like, that is, that is the guy that Luann's with at all times. <laughs> so, so when she was doing the whole thing where she's like, uh, sorry, I don't know who you are. Uh, like, like, who's the asshole here? I'm like, that's, like, Lou, that's, that's who you date. Um, can we, for, like, before we wrap up this episode, just really quickly, not, because it doesn't deserve, like, a lot of deep thought, but, like, I just want to vent about how bad Vanderpump Rules is. I want to put it into Yes! Do it, do it, do it, do it. I literally cannot believe that we are watching this Pet Cemetery show. Like, it is literally, it is like watching a corpse rot. It is so dead. It is so a shell of its former self. I am so fucking bored by all of these people. And, like, I just, I can't believe, and honestly, I cannot believe that Lisa Vanderpump has devoted her time on television to this. To these, like, ridiculous fucking spawn con moments like if i have to watch one more hour-long lisa vanderpump commercial i'm gonna kill myself i i i I totally agree the season's so bad like it's so to the point where like it's 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 i I don't even want to watch it every week i still do of course but i don't want to watch it i feel like they're having they're having a big casting problem big casting Mm -hmm. problem 
Max and Max and Brett should never have even seen the light of day on this show. I mean, the fact that they were both on the show was pretty terrible. Um, but uh, the thing is, like, the casting for the women was pretty, like, was okay. I, I don't know why Dana made the cut over Danica or Charlie. I mean, I get it because she's the one who's in the love triangle. But at the same time, like, Danica would have been a much better full-time cast member. Charlie's kind of funny. Dana is the most boring out of the few of them. And I like I like her, but I don't love her. And she's she, like, dominated the last episode. Like, she's been, like, a very much, like, a very heavy character on the show this season more than Ariana. Yeah, more than Kristen, more than more than quite a few of them actually. Like there was a point where Ariana showed up, and Ariana's probably my favorite one on the show. And I was like, oh my god, yeah, she's on the show. It just feels so disjointed. Like we went from this show sort of being about how Tom and Ariana are not close to these people anymore because they're not really friends with them outside of the show and outside of like having to exist in like Vanderpump Rules world. And right. Ariana crying about that and how she like feels like not herself around these people and how she's like, you know, suffering from depression and can't talk to these people about it to then like- Oh my God, I forgot about the storyline. I mean, crying. yeah, like that was like a wow. thing. And, and then it just jumped to like wedding time like and just like now we're on a we're watching a wedding special for five weeks that wedding arc was so horrible with jackson Brittany, and then going into the tom and katie round two like i actually forgot about the ariana storyline which by the way gutted me because i was like oh my god yeah. i really i appreciate her vulnerability and her honesty in this poor woman and and we didn't get to sit with that because you're right we jumped into the wedding storyline the show the producers think that we're way more invested in jackson Brittany than anyone's ever said that they were I actually hate them both and hate that they were on the show I, I don't know why I, I like never want to see Jax again after this season I actually hate him that much like I really think Jax is such a terrible human being and I don't and I think the whole thing with the pastor is just sort of like the icing on the cake I'm like you've always, yeah. always been terrible and now it's getting even worse like, I just I hate them both I, I, I didn't want to see their wedding for five weeks I didn't care that Lance Bass was there that, that was pathetic and yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I now and now we're in this point where I, I'm actually not sure where we're at in the season. Like, it, I I assume at this point we must be nearing. Are we nearing the end at some point? Like, we have to be within the next like, ex, like few weeks, right? This show is the Bermuda Triangle. I don't know if I've been watching it for seven months or seven minutes. I literally don't know. Like, I can't tell you if this show is supposed to end or if we just watch the premiere. That's like where I. It's like I'm so. Nothing that's happening right now is like sticking in my brain. It's all just like disjointed mess. And I've never felt so, dis first of all, I've never felt so disconnected to the show, but I feel like the producers of the show have never felt so disconnected to the viewers. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Please tell me more about that. I just don't think they have any idea of what people really want from this show. And I think that there's a, it, it seems like they're trying to cater to everybody who watches the show, which is like, there's, like, a bunch of different kinds of people that watch this show, right? There's, like, the middle American people who, like, are watching Britney and Jax get married, and they're, like, watching Stassi and Bo, and really, like, living for all these, like, storylines, you know what I mean? Like, living for, like, the, the, like, the bullshit that we're being presented. And then there's people like us who watch the show, and we've always sort of watched it with, like, the second narrative of, like, 
you have to kind of read between the lines of things that people say. You have to know that Jax is like screaming because he's on coke right now. Like you like right. kind of watch it through this like second screen. And I don't know. I just feel like it feels like there's two different shows happening at once simultaneously. This really, really scripted, like bullshit, annoying fluff show about like a Southern wedding in a fucking castle in a plaza. And then like this what? other show about all these other things that they don't focus on. It's just, it's so crazy. I think that unless they, I think that unless they break the fourth wall on this show and just go full on talking about producers, talking about production, showing camera people, I don't see how it can continue. I don't, I don't see how it can go on. I agree. I, I, I don't know what the next season of the show looks like. First of all, there's a major casting fatigue here and a major casting problem, which is that we should not be, as much as Vanderpump Rules can be this like expansive universe, I don't think there's room right now for 19 cast members that we have on the show. I just don't really yeah. see how it's working out. It's not, it's not working. It's not working. I mean, listen, I think if you want to go, I mean, Vanderpump Rules is pretty um, notorious at this point for not firing anyone, but instead just like adding to the cast. And that was fine when we had like Lala and James and mm-hmm. Brittany and inevitably like someone like Bo, who was always going to be, because now he's Stassi's, you know, fiance. But the fact that we have a whole new set of characters and I think they're setting up for this new world, I just feel like they had to have made some other moves. Like I get that they're trying to set up for this world, what this world's going to look like after like the Stassi's of the world leave, but like mm-hmm. they didn't do a good enough job of convincing me that like Dana's who's someone who's the one who we should be following. And at this yeah. point, we've been on this ride now for almost the entire season, and I don't think they've done a good job of, of making us care about Dana, or definitely not Max and Brett. I'm interested in Danica, but she's not full-time, and I hope that she could be next year, but the problem is, why is someone like Katie still on the show? Like, I, I know that, that's the other big problem, I'll tell you this, is the stassi katie Kristen fight is gutting me, and yeah. I feel terrible for Kristen. Like, to the point... To the point where I'm like, I, I, I'm like, I, I can't, like, you know, I, there's just something about it. Like, I don't even enjoy watching it. I think they're being so terrible to her. I really do. It's just, to be honest with you, th- this many years into watching Katie be terrible is not, it's not enjoyable. And it's not, enjo- it's not unenjoyable in the way that you hate, like, a reality TV villain, but they make you want to watch. This is just, like, at this, it's exhausting. Like, watching Katie be a cunt on TV for like eight straight years is not enjoyable. It's really- Yeah, she's always been a bad cast member, always. And yeah. it's hard to hurt them. Terrible person. And like, I don't, I do not, uh, it's not lost on me that Katie is in this horrendous situation where she's dating like an adult baby who, in my opinion, is the definition of, you and I have talked about this before, that I think that he is like a full on nice guy in quotes, he's a Jason Hoppy. Like- yeah. He is such a, quote, nice guy that, like, no matter what the storyline is or what, what the narrative is or what their fight is about, he will always look like the good guy and she'll always right. look like the bad guy. And I don't subscribe to that. I think it's fucked up. He was terrible to her when he was saying he would, doesn't, is not attracted to her. That was so nasty. It was so gross. It was like, oh, so this is Tom. Like, this is Tom when they're not filming and he's not giving you Bubba fantasy. This oh my is God, did you scream at Did you scream at the TV like I did when he was like, don't be a social justice warrior? And by the way, the one time Katie Maloney Schwartz was right with the whole like, you know, 
very insensitive. Like, you know, we really shouldn't be pulling pranks involving the police and like, yeah. you know, doing that. Like, it's very insensitive and not good. Like, the one time Katie actually had a good opinion, like the right opinion, like on the right side of history. And Tom literally says to her, Bubba, don't be a social justice warrior. I literally could have thrown my, like, everything at my television. I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, I hate like, him. Hate him. I hate him. I don't like, I don't, I don't like the men on the show besides Tom Sandoval. Same. And I, and I don't want to see them. I don't want to see them. I don't want to see, I don't want to see Jax anymore. I don't want to see Schwartz anymore. I don't want to see Max or Brett ever again. I don't, I, I don't, I, James is fine. But like, I, at this point, like I'm also having a bit of James fatigue. Like I'm just, cause I know people are like, oh my God, James is the one who's keeping the show together. I'm like, no, he's not. He's barely on it. Like, I'm sorry. Like as my, I get that people like love James cause he stirs the pot, but like, James is barely on the show. Like, how can we love a guy keeping the show together when he's barely on it? Am I wrong? Um, I do love James. I'm not going to lie to you, but I've always loved James because I like that he, I like that James is such a forever outsider of the cast that like his, to me, the only moments of this show that feel like I'm watching something of substance is when he's sitting in the fucking interview chair and like telling an actual the actual telling of events like this person doesn't like this person and they're being fake that is true it's like he's the only person who's like saying some real shit right now to the viewers because he knows i feel like james kennedy is fully aware of the fact that these people are all batshit crazy and like fucking live inside each other's like assholes and are protecting each other they're protecting each other from looking bad and it's so gross I agree. No, you're right. You're right. Okay, I went a little too far. I agree. James <laughs> is the one who's James is the one who's speaking the truth. Besides, I would say Ariana. Like James is the one who, like, pretty much like shockingly has it down. Like he knows he, he knows everyone's number, mm-hmm. um, which is nice to see. Um, I'm conf- It's funny to see how far Lala has gone down. I mean, at this point, she Whoa. feels like she's barely at the show either. Like I feel like I don't see any Lala scenes anymore because why would we? But like, I I, I don't really know where we go with these cast members. I think. I think trying to keep Sheena at Sir and, and having her be like the tie between the old cast and the new cast is an interesting one, but I feel like, I don't know. I just, I feel like something's not working. I actually, I'm actually very curious to know how the filming this summer even happened and how it was all coordinated because of the fact that they have so many cast members and many of them don't actually hang out with each other. And like, can I be honest with you? <laughs> I've really turned a corner on Sheena Shea. Like, it's like, I think because of how comparably bad everybody else is, I'm like, you know, Sheena really isn't, like, so bad. And I've been listening to her a lot, like, doing different interviews. Like, her whole press cycle this season has been the reason that I haven't been getting along with some of the newer cast members is because, like, it's weird to me that I've been on the show for 10 years and I have to, like, fight tooth and nail to have any portion of my life shown because the only edit that Sheena gets is that she's this wacky fool. She's the Kramer who shows up and says a bunch of dumb shit to wacky music and looks yeah, bad. She gets, she gets the dumb edit big time. She gets a really bad edit when like she, what, what makes her life so different than Sheena or than Stassi's? Like they both have podcasts. They both think that they're like branding themselves and I think that Sheena, like, freezing her eggs and deciding to, like, lean into the fact that she may not get married is more interesting than what's going on with a lot of the other cast members that they show all the time. I know. I think what's really upsetting, and I feel really bad for Sheena, I feel like eight years into the show, she finally realized, because 
the two stars of the show, season one, were Sheena and Stassi, and their and their feud. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sheena, Sheena carried the show on her back for like the first oh, totally. couple episodes. She really did. Her and Stassi really both did. But Sheena, like, is the reason why we have a show is because she's decided to film with Brandy Glanville and look like a yeah. major, and yeah. to be honest, look like a major asshat the entire yeah. way. Yeah. And then we went into Vanderpump Rules. Like, Sheena did that. Sheena is the reason why we have a show. But I feel like eight years later, she's finally seeing, and I feel really bad for her that she's noticing this now, is that she's like, oh, Bravo's betting on Stassi after this is all over, and they don't give a fuck about me. Yeah. Like, we're, like once this show's over, we're never seeing Sheena on Bravo again. No. They don't care about her. And I'm very, I'm actually very curious to know why that is. But Stassi, they've placed every bet on. It's very clear that Stassi's going to be on Bravo in some way after this is over, whether it's on Housewives, whether it's something that, like, maybe, like, Kate Chastain's doing, where it's, like, I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me if Stassi, after all of her controversy, for all of her terrible comments on her podcast, gets a serious XM show on Radio Andy. Brandon, I was literally just going to say, she's going to work for Radio Andy. Like, she will. No, she will. hire her to do something because she's she's bravo's sure thing you yeah know? like she she had that awful digital series basically stassi where we got to her and she literally doesn't know how to interview people i'm sorry like i stassi I, I don't hate on the show but like i i tried to watch an episode of basically stassi with it was an episode with her and jackie schimmel which is another one but like i <laughs> but like i you know i want to know your thoughts on them but like i but i I was just like, Stassi is not good at this. And I don't know why Bravo is acting like she is. Like, I I didn't think that she was, like, very good at interviewing her friend. She's just, like, I mean, I just, the whole, like, they're all living in this weird, like, friends, like, I don't even know what you would call it. It's like Black Mirror. Like, they think that they're, like, the cast of friends. And now, instead of just, like, being human people, they're all, like, their sitcom version of themselves. Like, Tom Shorts is the wacky idiot. Bubba. You know what I mean? Like, Stassi's basic. She likes ranch and murders. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, it's like crazy. And Stassi's whole thing of her being this, like, she's the champion of basics. It's like, okay. You know what I mean? By the way, I don't know why I said what I said about Jackie Schimmel. I just want to say, I don't, did Jackie Schimmel do anything wrong or am I just having a weird aversion to her at the moment? Like, what's going on with me? <laughs> no, wasn't I Jackie on her episode where they talked about? Wasn't she on the episode that got her in trouble? Was she? Oh my I, th- I think might have been. She might have been. I don't. I, you know, I don't know. I, 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 Jackie, I'm sure is a nice woman. I don't know what to say about Jackie Schimmel. Sorry, because I'm sure some people love her. And you know what? If people don't like her, please tell me why. Because for some reason, I'm having a weird aversion to Jackie Schimmel right now, and she's done nothing to me. So, I, please enlighten me. Give me a reason to be upset. Because <laughs> we need more from this show. I need a reason to be upset with Jackie Schimmel. But, um, but I agree with you. St- like, I feel like the way Stassi's decided to brand herself and the fact that they're running with the whole, like, I'm a basic girl who loves ranch and murder. And oh. I'm going to get engaged at a cemetery because that's, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, this show is really, I mean, by the way, the show that she left and then came back to, um, who knew that the entire arc for this fucking show apparently was just Stassi needed to grow up. Yeah, and, like, everybody gets married eventually. So now it's, like, so the next few years, we just have all these weddings to look forward to. So then the next season's going to be a whole season of Stassi planning a ranch wedding. I can't do it. I literally, the minute she buys that ranch fountain, which I already know she's going to do, and they're going to think it's so funny, and Bo's going to wear some fucking Etsy tie that he thinks is wacky, 
with some wacky socks. I just, I'm seeing it and I don't want it. And it's like, it's crazy how much this show frustrates me, but. I, I will, yeah, no, you finish and then I'll go into my Stassi thing again. I think that it's just because the show, I hate when things don't know when the party should be over. It's like a really big pet peeve of mine when yeah. things kind of like exist beyond the time that they should. And the the magic of this show is completely gone and you can't recreate it. And, and they should just pivot into being a different type of show because it's never going to be the show that it was 10 years ago, you know? No, it's never going to be. They're not going to be able to recreate it with a group of people who clearly aren't friends. Like, when it comes, I'm sorry, when it comes to like the new cast members, like they're not friends. So it's like, it's yeah. not like... It's not like they're gonna come in and 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 we have like a new friend group. This is like they came from central casting. Like they're not exactly. like Brett, Brett was a YouTuber. Brett was not part of the show. Like Dina was not working at Sir. Like it's just one of those things where it's like you're not gonna recreate what might happen season one because at this point, like it's Sir and you know, to do this you, again, you'd have to do like not at least a Vanderpump thing, but like a completely separate restaurant in like some other god knows part of whatever part of LA. Like there's just no way to recreate what we had. 10 years ago I will say but the Stasi thing in terms of like branding her versus branding Sheena like as much as they were both stars of the show like I at some I do get in some ways why Stasi was the easier one to bet on and the better one to bet on I mean at the end of the day like she's the one who was able to make fun of someone like Sheena I mean even like even this year of course I laughed when like she was like oh like they, when they were all wearing those like tacky wedding dresses for Britney's bachelorette party and she was like Sheena's dressed like Sheena like she does like she does like she could be funny and Stasi's wittier than Sheena is oh, of course um, Stasi's the queen of sound bites like she is the queen of the talking head <clears throat> undisputed but I feel bad too because I think Sheena is absolutely correct that she has to fight tooth and nail for anything to be like any part of her life to be part of the show. I mean, they don't take her seriously. The producers clearly do not take her seriously. Yeah. Um, and for when it comes to Sheena, I would say that for her, I think she's at a major crossroads now where it's like here, like Sheena has to know, like, listen, this is the way they're going to present you. They're never going to present you any differently. You're literally still work fake working at Sir in order to keep the stories going. So it's either you're going to have to just accept it and embrace it and say, fine, I'll do it. And I'll just lean into this or you quit. Like there's, I don't know. There's just no way else to, because they're never, like Sheena's never going to get what she wants from these producers. Not eight years in. They're not. Like they have, they know, they have already created a Sheena character and they're not going to divert from it. Yeah. I think that just generally this show, people already watch this. How's what I word this? I think that unless this show becomes a reality show about a group of people who are famous from being on this show kind of like how jersey shore later became a show about how like it's crazy to watch them go to the jersey shore and have you know thirty thousand people swarm them with cameras and stuff right let's watch let's just watch snooki exist on the jersey shore because she's snooki like unless this show becomes a reality show about people knowing that they're being self-aware and being able to break the fourth wall and <clears throat> acknowledge that they're on, that they're like, like pseudo wealthy in quotes, very intense yep. quotes, that they have all this money now from being on this show and that Stasi has a book from being on this show and uh, fucking Tom and Ariana has a book from being on this show. Like, unless it becomes a reality show about that, it's just never going to work because the viewers already watch the show like that now. Like we watch the show that way. 
Right. Exactly. No, you're totally right. You're right. I, I, I don't know what next year of the show. I don't know what the next. Well, first of all, I mean, the next season of the show is supposed to start filming um, in like June. And that's probably not going to happen. I mean, yeah. I'd actually th- I would love to talk to you about this before we wrap, if you don't mind, is like sure. what the future of Bravo is going to be like, at least for the next year. Vanderpump Rules is going to probably not film next month, or I'm sorry, in June, like it usually does. It usually filmed throughout the entire summer. I can't imagine that's going to happen, or at least not. It's probably be delayed. Um, we already said Potomac is being delayed, like in terms of airing, because at this point, Bravo already knows that within a couple of months, we're going to have no content. So they're trying mm-hmm. to they're trying to spread out anything they got, and so they they know. And as much as I love Potomac, and as much as I like really wish it was premiering in two weeks, I understand why they're doing that and i yeah. and i think ultimately i think ultimately it's going to be a better viewing experience when we don't have four housewives shows airing at once and we can just so enjoy too. and we can just enjoy potomac mixed with like maybe the end of new york and beverly hills because i assume i assume potomac will be late summer early fall and it will quite frankly be one of the only new things on bravo that's going to be airing probably yeah i think yeah. probably one of the, probably one of the only new sh- like new episodes like shows with new episodes that's going to be airing um and so i hope that you know I hope that more people watch Potomac then. Um, but I don't know what this looks like. I mean, OC is delayed. It stopped filming. Dallas stopped filming. Jersey stopped filming a weekend. Vanderpump Rules will be delayed. Like, everything is so... I don't know. I, I, I feel like... I don't, I don't know what any of this looks like, because normally I would even say, like, what would the cast next year look like? But at this point, like, what do we even have? I mean, first of all, with Vanderpump Pools, they're going to have to do a virtual reunion. How's that going to work with 20 people in the cast? No, what the fuck? I, would, I mean, honestly, I don't know how... What I don't want is a bunch of Zoom shows. I can tell you that right now, is that I don't want a million different shows of people, like, on cameras in their living room. I just don't want that. What I would love is if Bravo just decided for a few months to, like you said, you know, spread out what they have and air what they have and allow us to have that. And, you know, just re-air some great shows that they had in the past and air them, like, as primetime shows. They're going to have to. I mean, they're, they're going to have, like, I, I keep thinking about this. They're going to have no content. They're gonna, I know. They're gonna, because even when even when this pandemic is over, like we're gonna hit like for example like January of twenty twenty one, we'll have no new shows because everything was delayed. Everything will be filming. Like mm-hmm. there's no like I don't know what because Summer House for example is not gonna film in June like probably as planned. Like they can't. There's no way. Um, yeah, there's no way. Everything is gonna be delayed. So they have to. So they're gonna have to. Literally, it's gonna be like there's gonna be a point where you and I are gonna talk about like going to talk to each other about Bravo in September and we're going to be able to talk about Potomac and that's it because Potomac is what there's one show that they have airing. Um, I think it would be really cool if they did like a just a trial of like instead of doing like a marathon of of an old show like they normally do like legit air the show week to week. Why not? I mean why not? I'm into it. I mean there's nothing I mean they'll have nothing else so they might as well do it. I am loving the daytime marathons that they're doing right now um I, i'm now i'm like actively thinking about like how they're going to do the vanderpump rules reunion with 19 cast members i assume at that point tell me if i'm wrong they're gonna just do it in shifts and be like okay so here i'm sitting it's gonna be like andy being like i'm here with stassi mm. Kristen, and katie and they're going to talk about their fight now and then yeah and probably there's a, there is no way we can get 19 people at one time on one zoom to converse like they're gonna have to do it in shifts or they're going to have God. everyone introduce each other and then they're going to cut people out and say, okay, 
we'll see you guys later. Let's sit down with Stassi, Kristen, and Katie so they can go over their shit. And now let's sit down with Ariana to talk about her depression. And oh, that's going to be so weird. It's going to be something like, you know what I mean? It's going to be something like that. Like, it's just going to be very, like, it's, like, now we're going to sit down with Dana, Brett, and Max. Like, who, three people we don't want to sit down with alone, but we're going to sit down with them anyway to go through their whole storyline for the season. Mm-hmm. We'll do them first. Uh, Honestly, it's what this terrible season deserves. It deserves a disjointed, confusing finale and reunion. A disgusting, confusing not fun season. And if Andy Cohen says we're getting three parts of that Zoom, I can't. And by the way, <laughs> out, of, out of all the reunions that I guess deserves three parts for a Zoom, I hate to say it, it would be Vanderpump just because they have so many cast members. But I don't want to see three parts of that. I'm not looking forward to three parts of Atlanta over Zoom. I can't do it. Like, I mean, I can do it and I will be doing it, but I'm not looking forward to it. The only way that I would look forward to it is if it was Jax and if it was like all of the cast members being held accountable and, like, I'm not going to – I will not sit through a reunion of Jackson and Brittany talking about how special their day was. I won't – I literally won't do it. Like, no, we won't. It's, it, we got to cut – we got to, you know, in, in quarantine, you know, nothing – as much as I watch my Bravo religiously and uh, every week, you know, all inhibitions are lo- – like, everything is gone. I will not sit down and watch – not during these times. I will not watch Jackson and Brittany talk about their wedding as if, like, the pastor thing wasn't a big problem. Or the fact that they were making fun of Ariana for being bisexual and the show is very homophobic and biphobic mm-hmm. to do that. Like, I, I can't – like, if Jax isn't smacked across the face verbally um, for – and Lala, too, by the way, for laughing about it. Because the fact that, like – oh, there's so much ground to cover, and I just, and Andy, I don't trust him to do it, because he literally never does, but the, if he doesn't, like, call out that bullshit, I, I would be, because he, like, loves Jax for some reason. I know, well. It's creepy. I know. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I really, I really, 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 if it's gonna happen, it needs to happen that way, or else I just refuse. Like, I would be totally down for a reunion where Andy basically asks Jax and Brittany what it feels like to have the like if they feel differently about anything that they've said or done now that the entire world fucking hates them basically like that's what i want to know i want to know that too okay other question for you i'm sorry to keep it going i'm sorry but i have i have another question and this is like the least important question ever Okay. Um, is Southern Charm completely in the toilet now because they've not only been delayed filming because their cast was a whole hot mess and now they're just like stopped because of quarantine Oh, I want to say, I mean, I hope not. What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? To- this is like, this is the thing that I was trying to trying to verbalize in that quarantine celebrity celebrity episode. That like, every facet of what makes the entertainment industry is like uncertain. I know. You know, everything is everything's completely uncertain. Actually, one of my friends was saying to me that you know, house it's Bravo is gonna have a is gonna suffer but you know what's really gonna go down the toilet is like a show like 90 Day Fiance yeah which literally relies on travel I mean and I was like oh my god you're so right like there's no there I don't know when that would ever kind of go back into production I I can't there's as much as like we can do a show domestically I don't know when there's gonna be a time and we can we can't even do that I don't know when there's gonna be a time where you can go and film a new season of 90 Day Fiance Oh, yeah, where somebody just, like, goes to Thailand and, like, sleeps on the ground somewhere. Like, that's not going to happen anytime soon. No, not anytime soon. I, oh, God, I have another, I'm sorry, one more question and then I'll shut my mouth. Um, how does OC recover after Kelly Dodd not only has been traveling around from New York to California, 
and back. <laughs> Get not, got getting not, not one, but two coronavirus tests <laughs> that, she, that she filmed for us on Instagram Live and then had the balls to say that the coronavirus was, like, I think she said something to the effect of, like, it's, she was trying to say something to the effect of, like, God thinning the herd. And then, and then tried <laughs> to back, and then backtracked by then going on Instagram Live and saying, guys, I said something stupid, but you know what? I, that's my question. What, I mean, I don't know what's happening. What if it is that way? What the fuck was that? You know what I think about Kelly Dodd? I think that she is the monster that we created and deserve. I yeah. have told you many times that I almost find it in I find it inappropriate that Kelly Dodd's on TV. I, I, I me too. Like I was so Troy. I don't know how we can. I don't know how I could watch a season of OC with her on it, yeah. knowing that knowing that that's exactly the way she feels. Like it was so. Like you know what I mean. Like who says that? First of all, who says that in general? But second, I know. who posts that on social media and expects people to be like, "Oh my God, Kelly, you're so right." Like what the fuck was it what a heartless cruel thing to say like i don't even as much as kelly's a monster i did not expect her to do that you know what i mean yeah it's like yes i get what you mean it's almost like when the housewives realize that there's like a new low that you'll stoop to and they're like oh my god you didn't just say that did you <laughs> but that's what it i know it's like it's like oh and to be like, honest i shouldn't be i shouldn't be shocked like kelly does this where she says something so fucking horrific and then she's like guys like I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry, I should not have said that. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, like, even, if, even if she couldn't give less of a fuck about this virus, literally her boss got it. And I know. Has, like, what the fuck? Like, he must not be too happy about those comments. I, as someone who literally survived the virus. You know that she got several angry call-me-back texts <laughs> from him. Oh, Bravo was, I'm sure, on her ass. And it yeah. should have been. But good thing she also, by the way, was, you know, con- talked about this in her Instagram Live where she had friends over for dinner. <laughs> That's where we're at with Kel. <laughs> Excuse me. Doing great. Kelly is, I'll say it again, she's the monster we deserve. Like, we created a monster in Kelly Dodd, letting her think that she can say crazy shit, and then it's just fine, because it's Kelly. She's a fucking train. Like, Kelly is, like, not, Kelly should not be on television. She's, like, she's not. I think I, she should not be on television, and I think that OC should just be in the toilet. Like, throw it away, never see it again. I don't want to look at it again. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see, I don't want to see post-coronavirus, like, what everyone's doing in Orange County. I don't want to see it. I don't yeah. need it. I don't want it. I don't want to see Shannon in The Boyfriend. I don't want to see Gina in The New House. I don't want to see Bronwyn with the seven kids, and I don't want to see Kelly Dodd. Because you know that they're all, like, they're all holding, like, hanging on to every word Trump says and, like, listening to everything he says, like, their devout leader, Donald Trump, you know that they are. Like, they would happily walk towards their deaths for, because Trump told them to, all of them. Yes. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Yes, yes, that's all I can say about that is yes. <laughs> like, that's exactly what they're, yes. And I don't, wanna, I don't wanna see them on TV anymore. Like, mm-hmm. as much as I want the other ones, I love how I'm spiraling about OC. I'm like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I want, I wanna see, I mean, it's going to be interesting seeing someone like, like something like Jersey where like Jennifer survived coronavirus. Like it's going to be, it'll be very interesting to see these shows in general, but especially, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm very curious. And it's, and I think what I'm forgetting too is that it's not going to be for a very long time. Yeah. Wow. I do you love how I'm like really like pondering this now. I'm like, wow, it's going to be a really long time. <laughs> and, I, and I guess what I will say is that there is this comfort 
of seeing Beverly Hills, seeing New York City, and eventually seeing Potomac in this pre-corona world. Because it is, like, I think the New York ladies said it best when they were doing press virtually, which is, like, it's great to see in New York when New York was thriving and when New York was, like, bustling. And, like, you don't want, you don't want, like, New York right now is dead. Like, it's, I, I, dead meaning no one's there. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. Um, that came off badly. New York, like, nobody, people are quarantined. People are in the city. People are not in the city. Like, it's, the city itself is, lights are down. Like, that's what I mean. But it's, and you don't want to, like, it's nice to see it on TV, a New York before all this hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird. It's like nice to, it's like a weird thing to see everybody existing in a world where like, I was just talking to my friend Katie about this the other day that like, it's so weird to think that like right before Corona happened that we didn't know that it was kind of like the last of, we didn't know that we were like living the last days of what we've always known the world to be like. Oh, yeah, we had no idea. I, I think people are posting that meme of Kyle being like, from Beverly Hills, being like, it was such a great day. And who knew that soon things, like, how terrible things <laughs> yeah. come. Which, yeah. how funny that, I mean, it's so true and it's very funny, but at the same time, I'm like, oh my God, like, it's it's true. Like, it's true. Like, as recently, and I'm, I actually saw someone on Twitter posted about Stupid Love coming out, and I'm like, oh my God, that was February. That was yeah. February. Like, who knew innocent times were it's February, like end of February. The most exciting thing that we had was like a the up the uh, the approach of a Gaga era. I mean, that was like it's so weird to imagine. Like that was not that long ago. I know, I know. Well, I know it, it was. It's it's it, uh, it's crazy. It's so crazy. Well, Brandon, do you have any closing final? I guess Bravo thoughts uh, for April of twenty twenty. My closing thoughts are. Uh, Garcelle is going to save Beverly Hills. Leah is going to save New York right now. Like the new additions, I mean, you know, chef's kiss to everybody who's ca- yep. who's doing casting. I-, I would love them to sprinkle that magic on Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I would love to reconnect in a couple, in a few weeks when we when we see the Atlanta virtual reunion, if you don't mind. I would love yeah, to. Yeah, of it's course. Such, it is like, as my, Andy Cohen's like, oh, it's a trailblazer, like they're trailblazers. I'm like, they are. Like, we, this has never happened before. And I'm actually very curious to know if this is going to be good or if it's going to be a flop. And I'd love to discuss it with you. I would absolutely adore that. I've actually been like, I know that I said this before. I said this like a couple weeks ago, but I've been like tinkering with the idea or the thought of doing like a video episode for the Patreon. Okay. And that'd be, I feel like that'd be a fun thing for us to record together, like a video Housewives thing. I would love that. That sounds great to me. All right. Well, Brandon, tell people where they can find you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at Alvarado and Instagram at Alvarado. Brandon, I love you. I love you too. I, this was so needed. I'm so like, I'm <laughs> I know. Like, uh, is it almost a three-hour fireside chat? <laughs> yeah. I'll probably split it up into two parts. It'll be it'll be fine. It's perfect. God bless. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> I love you. I needed this. I'm I'm happy that you're doing okay right now. Um, Same. I'm happy that we have each other. <laughs> Same. Uh, I'll. I mean, I will continue to text you all my Bravo thoughts, and I love you. <laughs> I love you. And thank you again. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at Dunzo Pod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. 
Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.